Welcome, everybody, to episode 219 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Eric. I'm Corey. Uh, no Will today, but joining us is special guest Tito. Tito, welcome to the show. Hi. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we're glad we're glad to have you. We we're, we had we're having Tito on because uh he's our resident destiny expert. Uh he's played a lot of it. Uh so he's here to talk about Taken King. That's our episode episode for today. So and also his video. And yeah, I I'm going to ask him before we get started on uh on the awesome Rocket League video. I'm going to we're going to talk about that a little bit before we before we get into the main segment. Uh anything anyone wants to tease before we get started. Yeah, I uh, got into the Rainbow Six. Mm-hmm. Uh, beta mm-hmm. siege so i played some of that the last couple of days and there was one other thing and i can't remember what it is might come to me okay Corey. yeah i actually for the first time in several weeks i played a couple new things uh one called the tender cut which is less of a video game and more of an interactive experience mm-hmm. and another game called the westport independent which is inspired by papers please okay oh, nice. I've, I've, I've heard that heard that title okay uh the only thing new i played this week was fifa 16 yeah me and eric actually <laughs> temporarily had a video up um i'll talk about that when we when we uh talk about our weeks but yeah i can talk about the game and my experience with it thus far so i'll be doing that uh so let's get into talking to tito about our rocket league video now uh Tito, what was your what was your like creation process for that? Um, like, did, I mean, did you scour the internet for clips and and uh, and audio for to match? Like, what was your what was your process? Um, yeah, I remember talking to Eric about it, and um, uh, at work sometimes there's not always much to do, and I already work at a post production house, and they encourage just you know we have so much stuff to play around with, so I just kind of took some free time to start working on that video. And yeah, I would use YouTube. Um, I already knew um, that I wanted to, to try to get Ray Hudson, yeah, um, the commentator. That that was pretty much the the cre- uh, the birth of this video was just him. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so I knew exactly what what line I watched. I watched so many Barcelona games that he normally commentates. I kind of knew already what lines I wanted to use. So I just started looking for clean versions of those. And then um, the the hardest part was was looking for the the Rocket League highlights. Okay. Um, good good ones with a high quality because I wanted the video to be you know like 1080p, 60 frames as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that probably took the longest time was just gathering all the the clips I wanted to use with the audio as well. That's awesome. Well, yeah. it came it came out amazing. Uh, fantastic. My I think my favorite part is that you used the call from. Zlatan Ibrahimovic's bicycle kick for the bicycle kick goal. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I try, like, as I was going through it, you start, like, mixing and matching, trying to find which ones work well, and that I noticed, like, oh, well, this makes perfect sense to use that goal for that yeah. highlight. And then it, it was, uh, someone commented on the YouTube uh, yep. page, I think. I was just going to say that somebody like, noticed it. Yeah, the, one of the the cars was named Zlatan, which <laughs> was totally by accident. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. That's fantastic. Um, but th- there'll be things like that as you're editing. Like my like as I was getting the audio together, I wanted to take out all as many names as possible. That way, you kind of stayed in the Rocket League universe. Yeah, you don't want to hear a bunch of Messi or Suarez names while they're saying it because it would just kind of take you out of it. 
Um, so that was probably the most difficult part. Oh wow! And cutting I, out the names. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even notice that when when you were doing it, but that makes think, obvious. That I think makes I only, sense. At the top of my head, I only remember hearing one name, and it wasn't one that is super recognizable. It, right, it wasn't so a it probably name. slipped yeah. through most people's minds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I know which one you're talking about. I was like, eh, it, it would have just been more work with that one. Yeah, but, um, it kind of went in it, one ear and out the other anyway. So. Yeah, and um, yeah, the the other one I liked because that one was it really well and it was total totally by accident was when ray hudson mentions like he disperses his atoms on one side of the defender <laughs> and, and like in the highlight you see like it really does look like he goes through the car yeah you know like as he's running through him and i was like oh perfect it, like when you're editing sometimes that stuff just magically happens and it's, it's always nice because it just makes it tie together the cool. the other great one too is the the ray hudson one where he says he takes into account the the moon the gravity of the moon and the stars or something like that <laughs> yeah, yeah when he just tapped yeah, it in and it he chipped it over in. the over the uh, keeper <laughs> yeah no, it was it was fun it was fun to get like as i was like the editing part overall once i started putting it together it, it it was just so obvious, like oh, this has to do well. Like this is just hilarious. And I showed my coworkers as I was going through it, and they give me some feedback because two of them are big gamers. They don't play much Rocket League, but they're familiar with it, and they were just cracking up. They thought it was it was really funny. So how much time was, did you put into it? it? Would be a big hit. What was that? How much time did you put into it overall? Um, it took me the course of two days, but total hours when I like taking out the work stuff. Probably, I don't know, four and a half hours, maybe five hours. Nice. It wasn't too bad. It was is mainly it's just the searching. Yeah, yeah. I wanted I wanted good actual good highlights, um, and sometimes I find some some that were pretty good, but they were kind of shitty quality, so I kind of stayed away from those. Yeah. Well, nice. Well, well done. We we certainly appreciate it. Uh, it was our it was our first big viral thing that that we didn't even do ourselves. So, <laughs> well done, Tito. Uh, perfect. Yeah, really. my thing was just get some promotion for the podcast because uh, um, just want to help out my favorite podcast as well. Oh, you know? Appreciate that. Oh, Thanks, man. Thanks. Well, it's funny. Our our entire channel has like a little over a hundred thousand views, and <laughs> that one video has a hundred thousand views. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I would message. I, I think I messaged the, some of the Kotaku members like three times. Um, and it wasn't until like later on I realized, oh, they probably get so many tips. Yeah. You know, so I kind of backed off. I was like, oh, they probably just have need time to go through it. But then when I checked on the website, they they had like at the very top like tips at Kotaku. He's like, hey, if you have an idea. So I, I tried it a fourth time. Um and I, w- I wonder too if they if they don't accept like branding for things. So I mm. I put the timestamp just like after the the logo. Uh-huh. Oh, that's smart. Just just because I wasn't sure, maybe that's what was keeping them. But luckily luckily enough, they just kind of he fi- someone finally noticed it and put it on the same day. So I was yeah. like pretty excited about that. Yeah, that it's awesome. funny how that works too. Because once you know Kotaku posted it, all the other big publications covered Picked it too. It up, yeah, yeah. It's like that's how. That's how the internet works. Yeah. Yeah. One person has a story, and then everybody else just does something. Piggybacks. On it. Yep. Okay. Well, once again, Tito, we're we're very appreciative of that. It was an awesome video. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about Destiny uh, first. Before we get into the actual Taken King, I wanted to talk about some of the 2.0 changes because that that was uh, across the board. So even people with 
the older versions of the game. Um, base Destiny. Ba- base Destiny. Uh, even on the old consoles, like all these 2.0 changes made it into the actual game. So I wanted to get into what some of those were and uh, what they, how they changed the game as compared to the original vanilla version of the game. So um, I'm going to mostly let Tito and Eric cover all this stuff. So, Eric, what do you get? What do you got for us? Um, yeah. So I guess. Jeez, a couple of my favorite ones I'll go go over real quick uh, is you don't have to go back to the tower to turn in bounties, Uh which is awesome. You can do it from wherever you are. Um, Another one that I really like is that experience is now separate from light, even though it doesn't necessarily matter after you get to level 40. But up until then, they're two separate things, and it feels like you're you're leveling up like you would in any other... Uh, I guess kind of role-playing game, gotcha. MMORPG kind of mm-hmm. game. Um, I think that was a really smart idea for them to do that. Um, what what does light do now? Like Light is like an average of all of your gear and okay. weaponry. What, what effect does it have? Tito, you can probably explain that a little better than I can. It, um, it dictates how much defense and attack you can deal to enemies and take from enemies, okay. essentially. So, so, and sometimes it's, it's like a it uh compass for like how how uh, hard a mission will be so that like if you want to do something called the nightfall which is a really difficult mission that they've changed with the 2.0 update um they they give a recommendation of what your light level should be if you uh, expect to do well okay it. so so it's still an important stat if they didn't get rid of it yeah okay yeah. it's just not used for leveling up like right. experience anymore it's just like straight up experience, but you also have the light level. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Which is nice. Um, let's see. What are a couple of the other things that I really like? Oh, the the quest screen. There's an actual like quest log that you have now. That's I think mine is usually two to three pages long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really nice having you know a, a page of quests that you can look at and go accomplish. Yeah. As opposed to just kind of fucking around is what it felt like before you right know? yeah it's uh a little just, more direct a little more direction and i think that's something that destiny really needed mm-hmm. um and the quests yeah, are looks, fun it looks really nice too it does it's very like well put together it. yeah the, the ui is great um let's see i think those are most of my my favorite things and some of the bigger things um, um go ahead i would say for like it i don't do too much crucible which is the pvp component but they did a lot of weapon rebalancing, which was a long time coming for a lot of players because before the 2.0 patch, I mean, the two guns that dominated PvP, especially in their Trials of Osiris, which, in my opinion, probably made the PvP some of the best out of any game, was uh, two hand cannons called The Last Word and Thorn. Uh-huh. And those were really the only guns people would use because they were just by far the strongest. And so they pretty much across the board did a whole rebalancing of every weapon type. Um, and, and it was funny because I remember being on right before the Taken King came out, everyone was trying to figure out what the new meta would be uh, with all the new weapon rebalancing. And we everyone was pretty much finding out like, oh, there is no meta, which is like really hard to do. But like congrats to Bungie because like it's pretty much now like if you like to use a gun, you can use it and as long as it's one of the top tier ones, it's, it's, you'll expect to do well. Like that, there still isn't really the one gun to use so that, far. No one's found it yet. That's good though. I mean, it is. Yeah, you don't want to be you don't want to be limited to one or one or two guns to be effective in PvP. You know, so that's a well, that's a good change. Yeah. One thing I like about uh, another thing that they did is 
if you find, say I have an auto rifle that does 200 attack, and then I find a hand cannon, and I don't necessarily like to use hand cannons, but the attack on that is 235. So it's 35 higher attack. You can actually um, infuse the higher attack weapon into the lower attack weapon, and it raises that weapon's attack, so you can still use it. Okay, so like, if you have a really cool, rare weapon from like, you can use that with updated stats. Right, so I think it has to be legendary or above, is that correct, Tito? Um, Legendaries and exotics can be infused, but what they've done with the the blue type, the rare type of weapons in, in armor, is you can sometimes find them higher than those, than the legendaries and the exotics. So you can either choose to wear the blue or use that blue as fuel, infusion fuel, to your favorite legendary or exotics. Okay. And so, like, the tip a lot of people were saying at first is, like, don't use any, don't infuse anything yet because they take up legendary marks, which are kind of hard to get. You know, you can't, there's no way to farm those, really. You have to do activities and earn them. Um, And... Like, save those up, and you can just use the blue to bring your light level up, since it's an average of, you know, all the stats that you're wearing. And the cool thing about that is no one looks the same anymore, because that was a huge problem. Like, if you wanted to be the highest level, you had to use the raid gear. And there's there's only one set for every class, so everyone just looked the same, uh, and it was kind of boring. Yeah. So. Yeah, I saw someplace the, the top ten nicest-looking... Uh gear pieces from from the taken king and it was all very different and very nice looking i got a really nice cloak yesterday for my hunter when i was doing strikes really excited about it <laughs> nice yeah yeah it's it's pretty cool because like you'll like nowadays you can do the raid and you're you could probably wear all blue rare pieces if you like them or if you just like the way it looked because it can yeah. be higher than your exotic you know, and you don't feel like infusing it yet. At some point, maybe you will, because generally the legendary and the exotics have more perks. Yep. So that they're, you know, normally going to be stronger. But if you don't care too much about that, you can just wear this really cool looking blue rare piece of helmet that is pretty unique. So nice. I found nice. like the the reason I brought I used the auto rifle for an example is because that's what the situation I was in. I found an auto rifle I really liked. And, but it only had 200 attack, and I just started getting these other weapons that were like higher and higher and higher. So I just started infusing all of them uh-huh. into my auto rifle, so I'm still using it. Nice. Um, but I think that was a really cool idea. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Tito, have you done anything with the blueprints for the weapons or armor? Um, yeah. So what they've done with... Uh, like it, it, that ties in really well with the vault because with the 2.0, they also increased the vault space, which was just always this huge problem. Like you just run out of space to hold your favorite weapons and armor. And another way, just not only did they give you a bigger one, but they gave you something called blueprints. And there's these kiosks where every exotic that you've received, you can now, you don't have to worry so much about dismantling it because you could always remake it if you, as long as you grabbed it. So you could go into this kiosk and it shows you every your collection. It's pretty much a collection of everything you've gained in terms of exotics. And uh, so you can decide if you're running out of space and there's an exotic you don't really use, but you're afraid to dismantle it. You don't. There's no worry to dismantle it anymore because you could always just go back to the kiosk and rebuild it and just oh. grab it from there. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. 
without. And it's cool because it it shows you like your whole collection, like right in front of you. Like if you're like a big gun aficionado and that you have like your nice setup like on your wall, it's it's pretty much something like that. You can see all your pieces there, and it'll show you the ones you haven't gotten. There'll be like a there's like a little crystal, and it it kind of lets you know like here's the ones you have and here's the ones that you still need to look for. Essentially, so it's kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah, That's a great idea. Um, other than that, I can't think of anything off top of mind. You have any other ones, Tito? You want to touch on for the two point Um, I guess to explain, uh, to go along with the the uh, blueprint stuff is so they with uh so things are split up now into year one and year two, and with the exotics, like there um a lot of the guns have been left behind. Just any of any exotics, legendaries, all the stuff. A lot of it's been left behind, but they've decided to select a few to bring into year two. And uh, the difference is, you know, the year two have a higher attack or defense rating. And I think the max is like 310, whereas year one is capped to 170. So there's a huge difference in power. I'm actually um, so, working so, on that now with a couple of my uh, exotics. Yeah, so you can go into your blueprints and see which of your favorite year one exotics they brought into year two. And as long as you've already collected it, you can just build a year two version right off the bat. You don't have to wait around and do a mission and hopefully get it you know, you can just like, oh, I already got the Nighthawk from year one. I can build the year two version of it right right now, as long as I have enough glimmer and legendary marks. So it's it's pretty nice because like you don't have to hope and pray that Zero's selling it on the weekend. <laughs> you can just like buy it. Yes. Okay. So that that I mean that that also is helpful for people that have played the game a long time, you know, and have these have these good good items. That that, that being said, though, um, in the chat, I noticed that Beardless Two had mentioned that. Uh, with all the new updating and the Taken King expansion and everything, um, base Destiny players are kind of screwed oh, if you're they? not upgrading. Yeah. Okay. Not but a lot you can do. No. But at the same time, I guess, uh, did they market this as kind of an MMO? I don't know. Do you think? Do you think it was think fair, so. fair of them to do any of this stuff where people that aren't going to upgrade are kind of left behind? Or are those people even playing it anymore? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I imagine I'll... there are pockets, but yeah, that you this does happen in MMOs. You know, it's, it's right. just the nature of the beast. Yeah, uh, yeah. That that does. I mean, I yeah. Every t- every time a new new thing comes out, yeah, they they kind of uh, make the the old stuff not not as well. Even in shooters with map packs, you know, yeah, kind of left behind. Yeah, go ahead, Tito. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't really know how to explain that. It's just. It just I, is. I, I, like this is the kind of game where you you're gonna want to do what you can. So, like there, I mean, there was only so much to do before Taken King, and it's just gonna be even more repetitive. Where now they've they've retro they retroactively gone back and added some quests and and freshened up a lot of the strikes from year one. But I don't know if that stuff's available to people who haven't upgraded. But I I can't think of as someone who plays it and loves it I can't think of a reason why not to get the upgrades besides not wanting to pay. Yeah, like, I mean, how would, how would Bungie handle that? You know, like if that's... you like Destiny, then yeah, there's no reason for you to not do it. But you know, if you're not a fan, then obviously you're not going to upgrade. I, I don't know. It just yeah. it, I mean, it, I I would say the game's what it should have been now. Yes. So. Yes. I I actually had this conversation with somebody the other day. Well, why don't why don't we get into the Taken King? But I had this this conversation with somebody the other day that 
I asked him because he's really enjoying it. I asked him like, what if this game came out this year, with all that it is now, would it be a contender for your game of the year? And he said it would, and he wasn't somebody I would really expect to hear that from. Would uh-huh. what would you think, Tito? Um, I mean, it's maybe it's just for me. I think Destiny is something more than just this game because it's. It, like, I could go on about this, but I would have to put it alongside where I put Shadow of the Colossus oh. in terms of the experience mm-hmm. I've had from it, outside of it being a game. And I, I don't mean to say, like, it's this work of art, but more like it's doing something else that you don't see too many games uh, have been done, where, you know, Shadow of the Colossus was a work of art, and Destiny is more of, like, this weird social experiment mm-hmm. in a video game. I gotcha. Because I've met a shit ton of people... And I've had amazing experiences doing something through Destiny with them. And it's just been so much fun. And I've met friends who, like, I would say, like, uh, I met my old college's uh, college roommate's friend. Never met him before in person. We played a year of Destiny together. He comes <laughs> to vacation in L.A. And we meet face-to-face for the first time. But it's like we've known each other for years. You know, nice. like, that's such a weird but awesome experience. You know, like, you can't. Like, what else gives you that? You know? I, I was talking to uh, Idaho Jake yesterday when we were playing, and like I feel like Destiny is just, like, a perfect social game to play with other people. It's yeah. just, it, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's mindless because there's definitely, it's definitely hard, and I'm sure that the raids take a lot of uh, strategy and stuff like that. But, you know, some of the strikes, it's, it's I don't want to say it's mindless, but you can, you can talk to each other while you're playing it, and yeah. it, it's just such a great social game. And you know, you know what the difference with with Destiny and MMORPGs is the is the voice chat. Yeah, that's the only way you can communicate is through voice chat. So uh, it it kind of forces you to do that. Whereas in MMORPGs, yeah, you can make friends and stuff, but it's not quite the same because you're still, for the most part, other than like you know if you're if you're yeah. grouping with guildies, you're, yeah. you're typing. You know, yeah, MMOs have the the type. You can use the emotes in Destiny somewhat to kind of. Like, if you're out and patrolling yeah, and you like, see someone else and you guys are looking for something, you can, like, use the point or wave. You know, that's, like, the barest you can do to communicate. But normally, like, you know, you can, nowadays you can do strikes without needing to communicate, but the raids are essential. You know, you have to be in a chat party. You yeah. can't do the raids without chatting. Yep. There's no way. Which is cool. You know, that's that's part of what is, I think, bringing people together. Yeah, and to go along with uh, Eric's comment with the strikes, I remember when the game first came out, how, like, fun the strikes were when you didn't know how to cheese it or you didn't know what was coming. Like, I remember playing with my friends, and we'd be like, once we died the first five times and started knowing where the enemies came out, we'd start to coordinate. Like, okay, these guys are coming out of here. These guys are coming out of there. Like, that was really fun. But then you do it so many times, hundreds and hundreds of times. It's like, yeah, that's when you can start just chatting about, you know, work or whatever as you're easily going through these strikes or whatever yeah. and that just adds another type of social aspect where you're just you know you're just hanging out with friends in, in a like sofa but you're not actually in the same room you're yeah. in your own houses so yeah that's a that's an interesting way to put it as a, a social experiment i like that yeah okay. so you want to get into some taken king then um yeah i i don't even know where to start but <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a Sorry. lot from what i've heard so, yeah, so so yeah. basically the the main enemy is Oryx and uh he has kind of an army of taken 
hence the Taken King. Taken King uh-huh. um, so yeah, that's that's how it starts. And uh, I should say, first off, I, I played through the, the whole campaign for the Taken King as Tito did. I did not play the raid. Tito completed it, so he can talk, speak to that. Um, but as far as just like a story goes, it's so much better than anything I feel like Destiny has put out before. Huh? Um, I was really into it the entire time, and um, by, by the end of it, the last the last mission where you fight the final boss uh, was fucking awesome. I, I did it by myself, which I didn't think I was going to be able to, but I was like, ah, shit, I'm going to give it a try. Um, by the end of it, my hands were shaking so bad, and I had such a like intense experience with it, that I almost literally physically could not hold my controller yeah. because it was so intense. And like I had my headphones on and turned up and the bass was going and the music was so good. That's another thing I want to talk about is the sound effects um, in specifically one of the Crucible uh, modes. Um, but yeah, the, the last battle, like it was so intense and I had such a good time with it. And I was just like, holy shit, that was fucking awesome. I've only ever got that gotten that way, like shaking and stuff doing uh, Dark Souls bosses. Yeah, no. I, I got kind of the same experience. I was trying to think to myself because I know that I had had that experience before, and it was Dark Souls. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was the same kind of thing. It's not as I, I wouldn't say that that battle was as hard as a Dark Souls boss, but right. it was just everything. Like yeah. it was the the build up of the whole story arc of the Taken King coming to a completion, and it's like this badass boss and like his his Taken minions all over the place, and like I was doing it by myself, which I think added to the intensity of it. Um, and just running around all over the damn place and the crazy music going on and all the sound effects. I think everything just wrapped up so nicely at the end of that. Like, I, I really couldn't have had a better experience. Nice. Um, so I, I really enjoyed the Taken King story a lot. Huh? And the Dreadnought yeah. is the new area that it adds. And um, I haven't done too much exploring there. I did a little bit last night with Jake. Um, it's a really cool area. The dreadnought but tito go ahead with your experience with taken king um yeah like the sto- the story right off the bat they have like a really nice cinematic that introduces nolan north as the new ghost uh-huh. and he kind of goes into like what happened when when the the traveler collapsed and the fall happened and how that's when he was created to find you the guardian and it it's it's uh it's a nice way to kind of remind you like what the story is in the first place, like from vanilla destiny. And also like, you know, they took out Peter Dinklage completely. Yeah. It's like, okay, here's our new guy. <laughs> and he just gives this nice little monologue. And, um, just from there, like Eric, did you notice with the story, how, how often the characters, the NPCs actually talk to each other Yep. as compared to vanilla, mm-hmm. like in, in vanilla destiny. So you, you go to the, the Vanguard room, the, there's the the hunter. I don't know their names. I think Kate Six, Zavala, and and the the warlock lady there. They're in the same room at the same table, yet they're they never talk to each other. And that, that's been, that's how it's been like for a year. And with this new with the new story in the Taken King, there's a lot more interaction between not only them but a lot of the characters that they brought on from the expansions. Uh-huh. And that's really cool to see. You know, it was just very different and kind of strange. Like, oh yeah, like. I didn't realize they never talked to each other until now. It yeah. just doesn't feel so robotic, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. It's a little it's more alive, more immersive. Yeah. Um but there's like cutscenes yeah. 
and things like that 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 weren't there before that is it just made the whole experience so much better uh-huh. you know you didn't you didn't want to just run past everything like you did in the other ones right. I, at least i didn't gotcha um but yeah yeah and and uh nathan fillion as kate six the hunter robot uh, steals the show, I would say. I've heard, yeah, he's I've heard, good. He, I've heard he was excellent in that. Yep, I've seen yeah, that a lot he, he was awesome. Um, he just brings a nice energy. That like, there's a character called Petra from the House of Wolves who brought a lot of energy. I was hoping for more of her, but she does have a nice little. Uh, she has like her own little small quest in the Taken King, but he just brought another type of energy as well. So it was it's nice to see some of the characters like that you kind of grow fond of. Um, but yeah, that, that's the biggest thing I would say is the story for one is much more. There's actually something there. At least I don't know if it's a great story, but it's fun to go through now with more people. It, it always felt empty before then, besides you playing with your friends in yeah. terms of the game itself with the characters in it. It just always felt empty. Weirdly, like it was just kind of weird, but now it doesn't, feel so so much like that so that's kind of refreshing yeah i've always thought destiny was like this weird thing uh-huh. like you like tito said it's like a social experiment but it's just, it's always had this weird hold on me uh-huh. where i've always wanted to go back to it and every time i did i was like I, why don't i play this yeah. more often because i i love it even like once a week just pop in and yeah like the, i feel like the the gunplay is so well done and like it, graphically i like the way it looks it's very pleasing to me um, I like the Crucible and multiplayer and things like that, which we'll, we'll talk a little more about after. Um, but yeah, I think weird is a, is a good word for Destiny. It's, uh, that's always been the word that's come to mind for me. Um, yeah. Oddly, um, oddly I guess the next thing I wanted to go into was uh, like some of the changes that they made with the Taken King and how it uh, affects the grinding and the loot that you receive. Um, for one, like so one of the changes that they did was some of the activities, the weekly activities that you do are now account-wide instead of per character. And a lot of people, you know, you would think that kind of sucks because that's less rewards. But uh, someone, I forgot, I was reading an article that makes a good point. It actually takes away from so much grinding because now you don't feel the need to do it three times on all your characters. You just have to do it that once, no matter what character you use, and now you don't have to do that same exact mission two more times. And, it, and stuff like that, those minor things, takes away from a lot of the grinding that people complained about. Uh-huh. And that's kind of nice because now you don't feel like you don't have to do the Nightfall three times or the Weekly three times. And, you know, all that that daily shit, you know, on all your characters. It's just like I never noticed it because normally I just focus on one or two players. But, like, it's a nice refreshing change. Um, and then another thing is you get a lot more loot now when oh, you're yeah. doing, like, strike bosses. Or just, just in general, you get a lot of Ingrams. And some of them just, like, pop out, like, the chest just literally throws out, like, three Ingrams sometimes, <laughs> depending on what you're doing. Like, as if it's Jizz just, like, coming out at you or whatever. <laughs> I just, just become really... erect as soon as I see a blue Ingram fly out. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's pretty fun. It, it's cool. Um, so that, that those are some of the other changes, because that, that makes it a lot more more fun to go through all the loots when i was playing uh with jake yesterday we ran through i got a quest to do um five strikes so we just we knocked him out pretty quick and uh i i ended up getting like 15 engrams by the end of it to take back to the uh to the tower to the crypt arc to have 
have him do, and it's just like it's like Christmas morning. Yeah. Like, <laughs> going to see what you're gonna get. Opening your presents. Even though I was fairly disappointed by that asshole, yeah. uh, I did get a really, like I said, a really sweet new uh, hunter cloak. Um, yeah. But it's just the the chance of getting something awesome. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so great. Nice. Um, Corey in the chat asked what Taken means. Uh, basically, Oryx has the ability to possess uh, monsters, monstrosities, and that's what it means. Uh-huh. Possessed, Taken, same thing. Gotcha. Zombified. Yeah. Yeah, it's essentially his zombie army. And yeah. they he takes them from the, other, the older enemies from previous uh, iterations of the game, the Cabal, the Vex, and the Fallen, I believe. Oh, and the Hive. And so what's cool with the enemies, I should probably go into this, is now they have uh, the Taken enemies actually have mechanics to them, where it's not just like a, a, uh, some dude, some grunt that's just shooting at you. It's like some of them can form a, a bubble to protect their their allies. So you can't like shoot at them. Some other ones, um, they'll, they'll make, they, they can send this like little channel and protect an enemy so that they're immune. So you have to kill the one that's channeling so that you can hurt the other one. And it's, it's things like that. There's another one. Uh, some of the Taken captains can blind you. They'll shoot this big black ball that if you get hit directly, you take some damage. But if you get nicked by it, like you go blind for like a few seconds. It's a pain in the ass. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. It's like a challenge. And it's not just this mindless, like, oh, just shoot him in the head and you're good to go. It's like <laughs> not, Sometimes you have to like... You know, they, they pop a bubble, so now you have to get up close to, you know, take out the guy that's holding the bubble up and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool. Huh. I like it. Add variety, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Um, so what do you think about the Dreadnought as an area? Um, so I feel like the, the Dreadnought was inspired by the Vault of Glass, where before, um, before the Taken King... I would say that the best thing from Destiny was still the Vault of Glass, but that was like the first raid that came out. And people loved it because not only was it a lot of fun, but there there was just so much mystery behind it because it was humongous. And you could just go exploring and, and try to find all these secrets and, and everything like that. So the Dreadnought, I feel like they designed it with that in mind. Just a shit ton of places you can go, and it's humongous. It's I feel like it's bigger than the planets, but it's... Um, there's just a lot of secrets. Like, for example, there's you'll find as you're exploring the Dreadnought, there's nine different chests, all with different names. But you can't open them. You, you need a specific key. And they don't tell you how to get those keys. You have to figure it out yourself. So it's just like this huge, um, this huge fun event for all the Redditors, I can imagine, like, just exploring <laughs> the Dreadnought, trying to figure out all these secrets, and, and just start posting it on Reddit, like, oh, okay, I, f- I found out how to get this key, and you, you need to do this, and all this, and and um, another thing is they have these these items called calcified fragments, and they take the place of the golden chests from the previous planets. Uh-huh. Um, and you have to find um, there's 50 of them to find, and depending on how many you collect, um, there there are some rewards, some really really nice rewards that you get if you collect. You know, like right now they've only found 47. There's still three missing. Wow. Um, they haven't been able to find them. But it's just things like that that makes it the dreadnought really cool because it's humongous. You can easily get lost your first few times as you're going through it. Yeah. And there's just so many different things that grab your attention. You don't know where to like focus on, and it's it's pretty fun. Um, like some of some of the like there's this one terminal called the Skyburners Axis Terminal or something, 
And what, when you get the key to access it, it summons this cabal champion, this humongous boss. And if you could take him down, that sets another uh, mission in motion. You have to go and, and get this other key, and you grant that. And you just do these strings of missions, and you get a nice reward at the end of it. Um, and it, it, they, I remember going on the forums, and people wanted one of the biggest complaints people had with like the public events. Do you remember doing the public events, Dan? Oh yeah, one of my biggest complaints yeah, they, was that there what there wasn't any ever. It, yeah, it felt like, like. What, they, what they've done with that, as well as some other things, is like they've they've kind of made some of these events tiered. So okay. like, if you do one part of it, it sets the next emotion. Yep. And if you if you um, complete it successfully, it'll it'll set off the next series of events or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it, it's pretty fun. They've done they've done some some more of those things as well. So it's it's kind of it's kind of cool. But yeah, the dreadnought's a lot of fun to to explore around and stuff. Most of it's starting. You know, you now know everything. It's only taken a few weeks because so many people are just scouring every inch. But there's still a few mysteries. Um, so that's kind of fun. Nice. Yeah, that was because uh, I I was playing Guild Wars a lot at the time, and you know, uh, there's stuff going on all the time with events and in the zones and stuff, and and they lead into into new ones. And and Destiny, like I think I played for like twenty or twenty five hours, and I think I might have done two <laughs> two public <laughs> events. Two public events. Um, Were yeah. you on patrol a lot? Probably. I don't even remember. Yeah. It was over a year ago. Yeah. They, so like uh, a cool thing with that is like. So people got fed up with like just waiting around. So like someone had the brilliant idea to like see if these things are on schedules. Oh yeah, so timers. Go to the yeah. You can go to the website and then it's like, oh, you can you know which one's coming next. But it was always disappointing because sometimes it still wouldn't happen. Yeah, it's just the chance of it happening. But with the dreadnought, their form of public events is something called the Court of Oryx, and what that is is this this area, and you have like as you're just as you're just exploring the Dreadnought and you kill certain enemies, you might come across an item called a Reciprocal Rune. And you can take that to one of the the uh, statues right next to the Court of Oryx, and you you pretty much, they'll, they'll take the rune, and it starts off t- the Tier 1 public event. And it's just a small challenge, you know, and if you beat it, you get some loot if you're the one that activated it. Anyone else can join in with you, and it'll actually scale up depending on how many people are in the Court of Works. Um, and if you if you weren't the one that activated it, there's a chance that you can get loot, but it's not guaranteed. But when you do that, you might get a stolen rune, which is the tier two version, and you'll have to charge that up by killing some of the uh, the harder bosses uh, from the Court of Works. But then you can set once you do that, you can set off tier two, and you get better rewards for that. And they're slightly harder. There'll be two bosses that you have to take on at the same time. And then the final is tier three, which is kind of the same thing. If you can beat tier two, or you, maybe you get it from one of the the NPCs back at the tower, she'll give you this antiquated rune that you can use, and that sets off tier three, which is the hardest. And the funniest thing with last week's tier three, because they change every week. I think so far there's been three different ones for tier three, three different bosses. Last week's tier three was essentially the second raid final boss, uh. and that's how much they shat on that second raid because no one liked um, Crota's end. It was kind of a really shitty raid, and it's just funny now they've reduced it to a public event in the Court <laughs> of Orcs. Um, but it's 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 amazing like how many people haven't done it because it, it is kind of difficult. Essentially, you have to kill this one enemy with a sword, 
and grab his sword, and then you have to take down the boss's shield. And he'll once the shield is down, he'll he'll be weakened, and then you can use the sword to attack him. And you have to do that enough times to kill him. Huh. But uh, there's you can tell there's been a lot of players who've never done it because they have no clue what to do. Yeah, <laughs> and they'll just like. Once they get the sword, they'll just run up, and then he immediately just, like, kills them. And it's just really funny to watch because it's like, oh, you're totally doing it wrong. But, um, <laughs> Noob, it, it's, it's I, I, I've enjoyed it. And you get you get some uh, some pretty good rewards from that as well. Nice. Okay. What else you got, Eric? You got anything? No, I don't think so. I think uh, at least from, from the stuff that I've played, that's that uh, maximizes my experience okay. with the Taken King. I have a question. Um, yeah. What, like, quantitatively does the Taken King add, like, in terms of content? I know you, like, touched on it, but is it, like, another raid, another strike? I don't know what any of those words mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say, that, uh, like, from the numbers that we know of, and then there's there's more to that, but I think from, a, like, from the highlight point, they have three strikes... Um, there's the, the campaign, the story. I don't know how long that would be. It's probably like just four or five hours to go through, maybe. Um, the three subclasses, and then um, the Dreadnought, which is another planet. You can think of it as another planet. But the the thing that makes it hard to answer that question is they've added a lot of quest chains to a lot of different things, and some of them we haven't even found yet. You know, like there's an exotic gun that people are excited to get. And they, no one's gotten it yet, and no that's one knows crazy to me. To, yeah, no one knows how to get it. And if you go on Reddit, they're still trying to search and trying to theorize, like, how do we activate this quest so that we can get this gun? And they, because Bungie, I think, I think it was Game Informer that kind of talked briefly about, like, you have to do something with the gunsmith, because the gunsmith is like this exo, he's, he's a robot. Um, and if you do something with him, it'll activate a memory that he has that he doesn't even realize that activates the quest chain. And from then on, you, you do all these series of chat, uh, quests with him that you'll finally get this gun called the Sleeper Simulant, which is essentially a fusion rifle in a heavy weapon form. Um, and But no one has it yet, and no one's even started that quest chain. And there's a lot of different things like that that kind of make that question hard to answer. But for the most part, you know, there's a lot of different missions. They, they've gone back and added quest chains. You know, you can go, there's a kiosk for abandoned missions. And that's where a lot of the vanilla missions are. If you want to pick them, those back up and just complete those just for, you know, completionist sake. And you might get some rewards from that. Um, the, the, there's PvP quest lines to do. And some of them, what's cool is now that if you complete these really long quest chains, you'll get rewarded with an exotic weapon or armor piece. So that's kind of fun. So there's a lot of um, secret stuff that they've hit in the game. And I think Ryan wanted us to touch on this. But, for example, um, one of the daily missions, there's there's the mission you can do every day. One of them, someone found that there was this secret hidden mission within that mission. Whereas if you just go rogue and don't complete it and you go off in another direction, you can board this ship. And when you board it, like... Nolan North's ghost will say something like, hey, that's strange, there's no enemies here or something, or there's no Fallen. And you realize that the ship's been bombarded with Taken enemies, and a, tar- a timer will show up, and you got 10 minutes to clear the entire ship. Huh. And if you manage to do that, you get an exotic sniper rifle. And that's the only way to get that weapon. 
Um, so everyone started going crazy once they found this out. And like you just see everyone doing that daily mission. And it's actually really insanely difficult to do. Um, I managed to get it. I don't even know how. I guess I got lucky. You did but get it? To... Yeah, I did get it la- uh, two weeks ago when it first showed up. Nice. And we had five We had five seconds to spare. Wow. <laughs> we were. Uh, and I was wow. dead half the time. Like, I don't even know. I was just lucky. I was just like, okay, uh, that's awesome. And I also got a ship from doing it as well, a really cool ship. Oh, nice. So it showed up, it showed up again yesterday. So the people who hadn't gotten it, they were back at it again, and it—I mean, it's really hard. It, it's very difficult to do. I tried to do it again with friends to help them out, and we couldn't do it. So, it's definitely—if you see someone with that weapon, you, they've definitely earned it. They earned so that's What's kind of cool about it? How was the feeling at the end there when the time was running down for you? Uh, it, it's just so depressing because it's just a shit like, like uh, it deals with that mechanic I was talking about, like because they're taken. So some of the enemies, even the smaller ones. The small ones will multiply if you don't kill them in time. And they'll just keep multiplying. The scions, right? Yeah, it's the scion. I think it's the scion or the flares or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was just so annoying because in this mission, there it's like a light level 300 recommendation. You have to be like 290 or above Jesus. to have a chance to complete it. And even the small enemies would just get out of hand because if you didn't kill them in time, they just keep multiplying. And it was just like really annoying. To, to go through it, we just felt very defeated last uh yesterday trying to go through it i was like you need a titan or something to do this the um, uh the name of that daily quest is lost in light jake pointed out in the chat yeah yeah and it, it's it's pretty cool though that like they found out later that you could you you can actually find out about that mission if you dismantle the legendary version of that sniper gun it was called the black hammer someone dismantled it and they got a map item this rune map awesome. that had a map on it to that that's fine it's like oh that's how you were supposed to figure it out otherwise you, you think you just have to randomly know or something but it's like no they actually give you like oh. hints that you can actually find out and people are theorizing there's probably more of those that they haven't found as well there's probably other missions that have like these secret missions inside with their own rewards and stuff so it's kind of cool because it's like who knows what luke smith and all those guys have embedded in the game that we haven't even found so yeah that stuff's really cool like in terms of uh i don't know i, I think of like halo and the, getting the skulls and stuff like you kind of know that stuff's there but it can be really difficult to get to and it just makes it's like you can play the game and do the normal things but then there's all these other insanely difficult things that don't call attention to themselves and it's just like a good way to keep you engaged with the game and like have something to strive for yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good point. It reminds me of um, Halo 3's the Hayabusa armor. I, for, I forgot what it's called, but you have to jump through these giant rings to in the right order, and you get the cool looking samurai armor in Halo 3. Yep, um, it's essentially that. that, just a lot more of it in Destiny. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Did you want to? T- we should touch on the the three subclasses. That's kind of important. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. I can speak to the Night Stalker. That's the one that I got. Um, one of the things I really liked about unlocking the Night Stalker is that you do it through the actual story. Um, I don't know if it's the same for the other ones. I'm assuming it is. Um, but the Night Stalker is really awesome, and I haven't stopped using it since I got it. Um, so his, um, what's the ultimate attack? What is that called? Super. The super attack. Um, basically, it's called the Shadow Shot, and he pulls out like a... 
a shadow bow and arrow, basically, and it kind of uh, chains enemies to one spot and makes them weaker and does some damage, and it's just such a cool attack, and I'm enjoying the Night Stalker immensely. Have you used um, all of them, or one of them? I I just started my Titan, my second character, my Titan today okay and i got the i got the sunbreaker okay and i was i was excited to use that because so far the stormcaller which is the warlock's new subclass which is the the arc damage one that he it's pretty much they create an electrical storm out of their hands and can float around the map and then the sunbreaker is the titan's solar subclass where they they essentially become thor and throw flaming hammers yeah and those two are so much fun and ridiculously OP and things like PvP and just in the story in general. And they're so fun to use. Yeah. Um, but what's cool about the Night Stalker is it's the Hunter's first support utility class because that was their biggest complaint is that they're, they're really just... They don't really help your teammates with the other two subclasses that the Hunter has. This is the first one where it, it's... Uh, like, for example, they have a, uh, a melee ability where they can actually throw a smoke grenade and make their allies invisible. Um, and that becomes really in handy. Uh, that's really handy for, like, the raid in some aspects. I've heard and that, And then also, yeah. yeah, their super also just makes it easier for, like, any hit on any tethered enemies that you use your shadow shot on. Um, every hit's a crit point, and so that just makes it easier for your teammates to take those, those enemies down quicker. Um, and it's really cool. So that that's probably the the coolest thing about the Night Stalker, I would say. And they have another ability called Shade Step, which is like this this cool dodge ability. It's not everyone was excited about that because it's the very last skill you learn. Okay. Uh, but it turns out it's not super great. It's it's just kind of fun to use. Um, but it, it there there is one PvP streamer I watch on Twitch who's pretty much mastered that class in PvP and he does insane with it. Nice. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah, no, the subclasses are a lot of fun. I would say I haven't had too many experiences with the the warlock or the titan yet, but from what I've seen, they they're everyone's enjoying them a lot. Cool. I think that that's all I have, Dan. Multiplayer? Oh yeah, crucible. Uh, I just wanted to talk about the uh, rift uh, crucible mode real quick. I this is one of my favorite um, online competitive multiplayer modes I've ever played. Uh-huh. I think. Uh, and it's not just because it's fun, but the some of the sound effects are so cool. Uh, I don't know if it's just my headphones and because it has that Destiny uh, customization yeah. shit or whatever. But like when the spark ignites, this probably sounds kind of foreign. Basically, how it works is each base has a rift. Each team has a rift at their base, and in the middle is a spark. So you'll hear um, the announcer, or for lack of a better term, say that the the spark is igniting. So both teams have to go to the middle and take the spark, and it just becomes a big firefight. One team will end up taking the spark, and the object is to take the spark to the other team's rift and make it explode. Uh But the sound effects when the spark ignites, and when you grab the spark, and when the rift explodes are so fucking cool. Like, I don't know. It's such a little thing, but it adds so much to it. Sound design's important. Yeah, and it's so fun. Like, the fighting gets so intense sometimes during during the the battle for the spark. Mm -hmm. It's a blast, and like... Trying to defend, it's it's like capture the flag kind of yeah. where you know you're defending you take the flag to someone else's. Yeah, base. you're defending the runner is what yeah. he's called, um, 
or you trying to kill the enemy before they get back to your rift, and it just it can get so intense sometimes, and it's a blast. Nice. I'm not great at it. Yeah. But it's funny. Uh, right? Yeah, Rift is pretty fun. Yeah, the, the dunking aspect of it is, is pretty cool. That's one I hate, though, because it you need some coordinated teammates yep. to know, like, <laughs> I like I would grab it. I would grab the spark, and my teammates would just stay behind me, and I'm waiting yeah. for them to run forward so that they can escort uh, escort me. But they a lot of them would just play defense. Yeah. I'd just be like, swear, I'm like, you're, there's nothing to defend. We have to squish this thing. Yeah. They like, should be uh, a meat there? shield for you and just kind of soak some bullets and hope to pull off a few kills on your way in. Yeah, exactly. It's it's pretty fun, though. My favorite has been Mayhem. I have not is, played Mayhem. Yeah, they, they don't have it every week, which sucks. But it's essentially um, League of Legends did something called Ultra Rapid Fire where they reduced all the cooldowns to everything so that you could just spam your abilities and that's pretty much what mayhem is. Your super charges super fast, and your grenade and melee as well. And it's pretty much just that. It's just this chaotic mode where everyone's just spamming their supers, and it's just <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, and normally when I do that, I play as my gunslinger. Oh, with, nice! Uh, my four golden gunshots, yep. and there's an exotic gauntlet where you can have two trip mines. And it, it recharges so fast, I'm literally just throwing them out every five seconds, just throwing my grenades out. <laughs> and I'll just get, like, ten seconds later, I'm just running on the, on the other side of the map, and I'll get a kill from my trip mine grenade. Nice. And it's just so much fun. Um, that's been my favorite so far. But um, Cool. Oh, I wanted to mention to Eric, have you, he- have you heard any of the new dialogue from the Crucible announcer? Uh, no, I haven't played too awful much of the Crucible since Taken Kid came out. So they've added a shit ton of dialogue with the PvP uh, dude. That's hilarious. One, I heard one where he he says something like, "With a tank like you, I could end war." <laughs> and it'll just have like these, like someone. I was watching someone who went on a ten kill streak, and literally the guy went on this long rant <laughs> where he said he said. Uh, so the, the announcer says after you get ten kill streak, what I wouldn't give to fight. Uh, fight with you beneath the walls. I would tear out of Vex's heart with my teeth. I would swear the cabal with my burning light. <laughs> challenge the fallen kills to personal combat and scatter them. I've been watching too many Crucible matches. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as he's saying funny. that whole thing, the the player just start. He's like one of the best in the world, and he just started. He's like, oh no, he's ranting again. <laughs> That's funny. It's just like all these little. Like polishes that they've added to the game just make it so much fun to play through. Nice. Did you want to yeah. touch on the the uh, raid to finish up? Um, sure. Yeah, I can. Um, I can talk about that. King's Fall. It's it's um, it's pretty big. It's humongous. Um, getting into the raid is its own raid. <laughs> uh, mainly, if you're like doing it for the first time. Now that people know how to do everything, you know, it's, it's the first section is pretty easy but it's just funny because i noticed it's a trend that bungie's doing now with the raid is is that you have to do this really difficult thing at first and I, I was watching it live when it first released at work and it took them like an hour like i the one group i was watching it took them like 40 minutes to an hour until they finally got to the section where the raid started and they just Jeez. started laughing once they realized like oh now the raid starts we've already <laughs> been thing for an hour pre-rating um, yeah and um 
it, it's pretty cool. Um, I I would say I still like the Vault of Glass more. Okay. But a lot of people are saying this is probably the best raid. It's humongous. It's huge. Um, the boss fights, if you know what to do, aren't too difficult. But um, I did try it a second time, and and I wasn't able to do it with a group. But the the first, I I ran it with the usual TSF crew or uh, Thumbstick Athletes crew, um, and we got like halfway through. And we, we just wanted to get to the first chest, you know, just kind of have fun, fun, get whatever rewards we can. And it was kind of late, you know, most people are on the East Coast. And then the next day I found, I used one of the websites to find a group and I finished it with them. And I took a, a video, I saved the video of it of the last 15 minutes and I uploaded it. Um, it's, it's really fun though. It's really cool. And I, I definitely recommend um, Eric to at least try any of the raids out. Oh, we for were sure. do it on Sunday, but you got busy with something on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I got to drinking on Sunday and it <laughs> interfered with my video gaming. <laughs> um, but it's it's pretty cool. Um it's I don't want to I don't want to spoil too much, but um um there is there is some some of that exploration stuff that a lot of people wanted out of the raid that oh, cool. the second Yeah, the second raid didn't have really much of anything. The second raid was such a joke that like people could solo it. That's how much that's how silly it was. They could solo it in like 30 minutes. Wow, unless they knew how to do it. So, this this raid uh, makes up for that. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool. Good. And some of the weapons you get look pretty crazy. Um, it has this bone marrow kind of theme to a lot of the stuff. Um, and they look just bizarre. I, th- I think I showed you the hand cannon I was using for the raid. That looks kind of crazy. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, yeah, and the the rewards you get, like they've added quests with the raids now, which is cool. So it kind of gives you incentive to to go through them and get some rewards out of it. And I managed to get one with uh, the, the this exotic scout rifle called the Touch of Malice, which uh, the, I think the coolest thing, we actually haven't talked about this, the coolest thing with Destiny that a lot of people don't realize is they've created some of the best guns. Yeah. And they have such cool weapons. And, like, so the Touch of Malice is this scout rifle it has 11 shots, which doesn't sound great, but the cool trick, the mechanic with this gun is the last bullet, you never waste. If you if you go down to the last bullet and you shoot that bullet, you can shoot it over and over again forever, and it does double damage. The trick is, though, it takes a bit of your health. Oh. So it's this, this little game that you have to play <laughs> with, like, how many last bullet shots can I use before I kill myself? Oh, that's, that's awesome. Kinda, that's kind of cool. But you do, yeah, you do bonus damage. Um, but if you get three quick kills, you'll re- you'll gain some health back if you manage to get three quick kills with it. And it's really powerful for some aspects, some some missions. Like in the raid, there's a part where you're in this aura and you can't be hurt. So a lot of people love to use that gun, and they can just use that last bullet, and they don't have to worry about dying, and they can just do that, use that on the boss, and do way more damage than any other weapon. So it, it's things like that with like these cool weapon mechanics that they have. That just kind of make the game pretty fun. Nice, awesome. That, that is really cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying the raid and and all that stuff. Uh, just doing some questing and playing Destiny because it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I do recommend uh, to anyone who hasn't gotten it yet. Um, it just it just makes the game so much better. Oh like, god, yeah. It Destiny has that weird like you could complain about Destiny and the people who loved it couldn't disagree with you. <laughs> But yeah. for whatever reason, they just enjoyed playing it. Yep. Yeah. But with the Taken King, 
you can't use those same arguments anymore really uh-huh. so that's the biggest difference i would say like there's no more of the that negativity as much you know there's still it, obviously it's not a perfect game there's still a lot of problems but what are you gonna do yeah most of the reviews i read are overwhelmingly positive and, and upbeat about the taken king yep and how much it adds to the game so yeah if you're a destiny player do it oh, i keep waiting for a pc release i've said that before but I would definitely play it on PC. Yeah. So I know Corey's waiting for a PC release too, aren't you, Corey? Yeah. I wish you guys had access now. I so probably we could raid. I probably wouldn't play it on it with a controller anyway. I just can't. I can't play shooters with a controller Damn. anymore. I, killing I've, me. I've essentially can't. transferred to my mouse and keyboard exclusively now. My Have PS4. You? Once you get yeah. used to it, it's hard to go back to a controller or playing yeah. a shooter on a controller. It, it does. It does work pretty well. Dan, if you're interested, nice. the, the device I use is called the Zim 4, and yep. it uh, the the biggest trouble is spending that hour configuring everything, calibrating it correctly. But um, it 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 works pretty much like any PC game would. That's awesome. So, okay. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Destiny: The Taken King? No, love it. No, okay, I just love it. I I got thousands more thoughts, but I can't. <laughs> I can't keep going, so. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Tito, thanks for joining us and uh, helping us talk about The Taken King. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. It was fun. I appreciate it. All right, we're gonna... Thanks for the 100,000 free views on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, no problem. Uh, the funny thing with that is uh, a lot of people would complain about, like, there wasn't the, the Spanish announcer, or yeah. uh, they'd say, like, the, the Arabic commentators are a lot better. Um, but I don't, I can't speak... Arabic, so right. I couldn't. I, I, I want to do a foreign version, yeah. But I, to find, I need to find someone that could like tell me what they're saying, so I know like where to clip out anything that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, so, but look, keep on the lookout for that. Hopefully, I can get that done at some point. Nice, Eric. Yeah. Don't you know somebody who speaks Arabic? I do actually, <laughs> and he's a huge soccer fan. Perfect. Yeah, that there worked out nicely, didn't he's it? The one. Yeah, he is the one. <laughs> I'll talk um, to yeah, you. Yeah, but thanks. I, I appreciate it talking about taking King and everything. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Tito. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with uh, Nibble Bits in our weeks in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 219 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. Uh, we are now in our Nibble Bits segment. Corey, why don't you get us started with Nibble Bits? Gosh, golly, gee, Wilkers. I have a lot of quick hitters. So I'll be brief. A couple of them we might want to talk about. But uh, my first one is Super Mario Maker has sold more than one million copies. That's pretty good. Yeah. Good more work. than two million courses have been uploaded. I know as of two weeks ago, it was one million. So those courses are coming hot and heavy. Twitch beat Dark Souls. That's impressive. That. that is impressive. That is to be fair, they instituted instituted some sort of like democratic voting system where you people like voted on uh, the series of actions they wanted. Yeah, it would run. I could, to take. Did you watch any of it? A little bit. Okay, I did too. Not what, enough to pick up on it though. What would happen was they would run the game for like three seconds or whatever, and then it would pause for thirty, and it would vote on the next move. So it, it would it would pause for enough time to to give people whatever uh chance to put in their command and one of the things i read said uh one of the like they were having a lot of trouble early on because of trolls basically but after trolls lost their interest that's when the the people that were really into it were able to you know 
get the game moving a little bit faster. Yeah. Sucks that Twitch beat a game that I never beat. <laughs> it does kind of suck. You need to beat it, Corey. I think that I've, should be a I've mission. Been playing. I got a playthrough going. Should be a mission of yours. I hope to have it beat by the end of the year. Some people complain that that's kind of cheating, but I'm like, you know, if if a group of complete strangers can beat Dark Souls, that's pretty impressive. Like, I kind of like that they had to work out that me- that mechanic to be able to, you know, progress in the game. I have yeah. no, prob- no problem with that. Well, you know the old monkeys writing Shakespeare saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> you put you put enough monkeys in a room for long enough, and they'll write the works of Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now I know it. Something like that. I don't know the exact <laughs> phraseology. Microsoft is removing microtransactions from Project Spark. I didn't know Project Spark had microtransactions. I didn't either. But it will be a, quote, free and open creation engine, which seems to be the way of things these days. That will happen October 5th, which is in short four short days. So what about apparently the- they are reimbursing players who purchased. I was just going to ask that the game or, you know, some did some sort of purchasing after July 28th and they'll be reimbursing them with Microsoft Store credit. OK, that's better than nothing, I guess. You can put it towards your copy of Microsoft 365. Oh, yeah. Microsoft Office. Office 365. Yeah. Okay. Allegedly, Rockstar Games never considered a PC version of Red Dead Redemption. That was according to Chris Roberts, who was the multiplayer designer on Red Dead Redemption. Um, There was multiplayer? That's what I... When I read that, I was like, really? Really? But he said that on a Twitch stream, and he left the company in 2010, so who knows if there's been talk of that since. But that's surprising, Wait, because Chris... it was developed on PC, and for them to never even consider, like... Chris uh, Roberts, is that the guy that's doing uh, Star Citizen? No. That's Chris... Mm. Star we, Citizen... We gotta look it up. It's a it is it is Chris Roberts, but it's oh. a different Chris Roberts. Okay. I was I was a little confused there. Okay. Pretty common sounding name, I guess. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it's a d- different guy. Yeah, this Chris is Chris Roberts with a K. Chris. Uh oh, okay. Yeah. The other guy, the Star Citizen guy is uh C H R I S. And then Chris Edward Roberts is a Democratic member of the New Hampshire House of Representatives, representing the Cheshire 3rd District since 2004. Gotcha. Good to know. Moving along, Mighty Number no. 9 has a release date, February 9th, 2016, in North America. Don't hold your breath, though. <laughs> do, yeah. do you guys care? I, no. I, I'm, I really want to play it. I've been I've been excited for it since I heard, first heard about it. I don't, I don't give what are you excited about. I don't know. It just looks cool. I li- I like the modern take on a classic, uh, classic game type. You know, like I, I really like the updated graphics in like an old Mega Man game. You know, I think that's going to be neat. Yeah, fair enough. But um, I don't care when it comes out. I'm just going to buy it when it comes out. I'm, I wasn't waiting. Waiting with, it on Steam. I was yeah. I wasn't waited waiting with bated breath. All right. I thought Is about anybody g- chomping g- at the bit for Mighty Number no. Nine. Probably. I'm not Corey. Mega, I've lost all interest. Mega Man fans are waiting for this game, like you wouldn't believe. I feel like it got to a point, like maybe in like 2013, where I stopped 
waiting for video games. Yeah. I just had so uh, enough to play that like stuff came out when it came out and there I other than maybe Starbound kind of did that for a little while like I couldn't wait for Starbound. But now it's just I, I don't know. I have enough to play and, and keep my interest that I have too much to play. Exactly. And keep my interest. I mean, I should be really excited for Fallout 4. I'm excited, but you know, that could still come out next year and I'd be all right. The only one, and it's not—it's pretty much dissipated at this point. Was No Man's Sky, was the one I couldn't wait for, but yeah. now I, whatever. Is yeah, that still this year? It's not gonna fucking come out. this I year. I don't see how it could possibly come out this year. They haven't even announced uh, uh, announced a, a date for Didn't, release. They did say at some point though, 2015. Yeah, right? that was the original. Okay. Thought. I keep hoping it's going to be one of those things where... It's just out? Yeah, it's just out all of a sudden. He's supposed to be on um, Colbert? Sean Murray? Yeah. Really? Yep. Oh, yeah. They're having PewDiePie on tonight, and I think Sean Murray's tomorrow. So Smart. What what channel is Colbert on? Don't know. I wouldn't mind I watching that. Remember. All right. You looking forward to PewDiePie, Eric? No, 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 not PewDiePie. I'd <laughs> like to see Sean, Sean Murray. Murray. Mm, sure. Because he's, he's a cool guy. Okay. Oculus VR launched its Oculus Ready program. <laughs> Stole my line. I was going to say, where they have been, they've been listening. I don't know. It's possible. This happens fairly frequently, I feel like, where we have a thought or an idea, and next thing you know, it pops up. Yep. What's good about this now is we can point to the podcast where I first said that. Yeah, you know, and say, you guys, I want some money for this. You owe, you owe us money. I want residuals. Residual, I want royalties. Royalties. So, essentially, what it is is it's a partnership with the big PC manufacturers like Dell, Alienware, and Asus, and it's Oculus branded PCs that are designed to work out of the box with. Oculus Rift when yep. it releases. The cheapest one is from Asus, and it's $949. Uh, the article I was reading was on GameSpot, and the most interesting part of this for me was the pricing that they kind of pieced together. Uh, it says, quote, Oculus has not yet confirmed a price for the Rift headset, but the company has said you should expect to pay $1,500 for an all-in setup. That includes a capable PC and the device itself. If about $1,000, is the baseline for Rift-compatible PCs. That would put the price of the headset itself, which comes with an Xbox One controller, at around $500. Though, of course, this is not confirmed. Yeah. That seems high to me. Seems high to me, too. I mean... I had heard 350 uh, or at least 350 for Oculus. Last, last rumor I heard, play, I guess. PlayStation VR, they said that's going to be console price, so that's, yeah. you know... I well, think that's too much, personally. Oh, no, you, it's definitely too much, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was that much at all. Yeah. I was really hoping for, like, the $200 299 $299. You know what I thought was interesting? Um, there's – Samsung has a ha, – have you ever heard of the Gear VR? Yeah. Apparently, my phone is compatible with the with the Gear VR headset. Um, but, I there, like, I want to be able to – you know, it's it's only it has its own specific like app store and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which it's compatible because it's a it's an Oculus partnership that that the Gear VR Samsung Gear VR has. But if someone figures out a way to like hack into the 
into the whole thing, you know, and, and make it so that I can do VR with my phone. That would be amazing. So then I would just have to buy the $100 headset to put it in and just plug my phone into it. Yeah, Google Google Cardboard. Well, there's Google Cardboard. Google Cardboard has a specific app store, and I actually am going to get one of those because that works with any any phone. Yeah. So just to, just to tinker with it, you know? Right. Because I think it would be fun. Um, yeah, 2K. We talked about the Bioshock on mobile last week. Uh, 2K has since removed it from mobile devices. It's no longer available, uh, essentially because it sucked, which we <laughs> right. talked about a little bit. But We also have a date for the Star Wars Battlefront beta, October 8th. Nice. Looking forward to that. Oh, that's that next is week. Bad timing for me because I'm taking a trip on the 9th for that whole weekend. So I will that miss out sucks, on the dude. Battlefront beta. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I assume... Just that weekend. The weekend. Uh, you're gonna get some playtime in with that, Dan. Yeah, I should be able to. Nice. Major bummer. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that game. Everything I keep seeing, it looks awesome. I know. I want to. I want to play it. I want to be on Hoth. Yes, definitely want to be on Hoth. Yeah. Freezing my balls off. <laughs> and my last one, TBS formed its own. Esports Gaming League. They plan to televise every week, Friday night, starting in 2016. That is like the nerd slot. I remember when Battlestar Galactica was on the air. This is before I watched it. And because I thought it was too nerdy. Uh, it was on Friday nights. And I used to make fun of the people that were watching it. <laughs> is it TBS? Like Turner Broadcast? TBS. Huh. Apparently the first year of TBS's Gaming League will focus on Counter-Strike Global Offensive because they think it's, quote, the easiest to digest, which kind of makes sense, you know. Yeah, a shooter. Maybe don't maybe don't want to throw a MOBA up there. What about a Rainbow Six Siege, huh? I'd be all right with that. Yeah. Is that going to go into esports, you think? Uh, I I thought of Counter-Strike when I played it. Yeah. All right. I don't, yeah, so maybe. Their format will be two 10-week tournaments. Uh, will include a regular season and a playoffs. I like that. That's cool. And also, they'll have companion content throughout the week. I didn't know this, but apparently TBS owns Bleacher Report. Oh, really? Or, oh. or Turner. Um, and they plan to use that outlet for behind-the-scenes stuff, too. Nice. Cool. That's, that's really cool. Uh, more details on that later this year. The Turner Sports president, Lenny Daniels, I have a little quote from him. He said, I don't think there's been an investment at this level ever in this space. What it's going to do is really propel the sport. This is not just about TBS. This is about building a league from the beginning to the end and really remaking how people think about esports play, how they get involved, and how the stories are told. I think this is a really smart move. Uh, I actually have a friend who works at one of the major networks. Uh, he works in their sports division, and he's been really trying to push esports to them, and it's just falling on deaf ears. Exactly. So TBS is getting—they're getting ahead of the ahead of the the curve. I mean, it's going it, to happen eventually anyway. Yeah, they're going to be the the first ones. They're going to be they're controlling be the, it. The Godfathers of esport television entertainment. Yeah, sounds like they get it. I mean, ESPN has done some stuff with with esports, but this is the first like 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 this guy said, you know, major yeah. investment. 
and there, uh, there's still a lot of um, uh, negativity surrounding the whole ESPN. Colin Cowherd, the, yeah. specifically. Yep. So. Who apparently got put in his place today. Oh, did he? About that. <laughs> Good. I'm going to watch the video when we go to break. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that. I do, too. That's awesome. That's all I have. Okay. What do you got, Eric? I got some new Smash Brothers DLC news, Dan. Uh, out this week, uh, a couple of new stages. A pirate ship stage that's modeled after um, Wind Waker, Legend of Zelda. Cool. I uh, got that artsy look to it, so that's kind of neat. Um, and then you're also... That one's $2 on the eShop, and that's only for Wii U. No 3DS for that one. The Super Mario Maker stage also came out for 250 on the Wii U and 3DS. And then some new costumes for your me. Uh, the costumes are from Monster Hunter, Star Fox, Kid Icarus, and some others. So Very that's nice. kind of cool stuff. A lot of cheap DLC out there for uh, Smash Brothers. Yeah, I like that. Me too. Uh, one I'm really excited about, and I think this is cool. Um, Xbox has always been the sponsor on the shirt for the Sounders, Seattle Sounders MLS soccer team. But this weekend, uh, they're going to actually have Halo 5 on their jerseys as a uh, Xbox specific game to uh, to pump before that comes out. So that's kind of cool. That is cool. Um let's see what else. Xbox 1, if you have a lot more friends than I do, you can now do 12 person party chat. <laughs> I don't know if there's ever been a time I needed that. Yeah, that's it a lot of people. Awful. Yeah, that's that it, that does sound awful. Like Too it many. would just get mumble jumbo and especially like god, playing video games like I don't know. I don't like that. But you have the option to do it now if you so see it fit. Um, Corey, do you know that t- there's a Times Square Theater? Mm-hmm. It's a 45,000 square foot, 2,150 capacity concert and special events venue. Uh, it got Is renamed it PlayStation the- Theater. Is it called the Times Square Theater or a theater in Times Square? Times Square's premier concert and events venue. I mean, the Best Buy Theater was was there. Maybe it's not Best Buy Theater anymore. I'm not sure. It got renamed PlayStation Theater. I guess it's it's hosted. This is right from the PlayStation blog. It's hosted uh, Bon Jovi, The Eagles, uh, Dick Clark's New Year's. So nothing very good. Well, <laughs> maybe not in our eyes. <laughs> um, but it's had some stuff in there. So I guess it's kind of a legendary thing, but now it is belongs to PlayStation. It is. It was. It is the Best Buy Theater. Oh, okay. You familiar? Oh yeah, I've been there uh, many a times. That's where I saw Doctor Steve Brule. Oh, oh okay. Nice. Uh, used to when I was in the in the biz, I saw a lot of uh, hip hop acts there. Okay. And uh, yeah, cool. It's it's a cool venue. Why do you think PlayStation branded it? It's a, I mean, it's a great spot to be, I guess. I don't know. What does it mean video game-wise? <sighs> Nothing. PSX? Would PSX ever be there? PlayStation Experience? Maybe. Probably not. It's kind of small. Okay. I don't know how big they, they've done in the past, but it's relatively small. Would you say like 2,000-something 2, capacity? 2,150 capacity, yeah. Yeah. Um, might just. It's just advertising, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Just looks good to have that name in Times Square. Okay. Uh, New firmware 3.0 is out for PS4. Uh, Some of the new features you can share 10 second video clips straight to Twitter now. 
Um, there's now a PlayStation Plus section. If you scroll all the way to the left on the home UI screen, uh, it's dedicated to your PlayStation Plus, so it'll show you what the free games are, your discounts. Uh, you can easily manage your PlayStation Plus membership, which is nice. Uh, notice how easy that was on there. Um, YouTube streaming has been implemented. Um, communities is something that I was interested in, and I actually I did start a Thumbstick Athletes podcast community on there. If anybody's interested in joining, um, it's just kind of a place where you can leave messages for each other. But the cool, the coolest part, in my opinion, with the communities, and I didn't even know that this was part of it, is you can start like a community gaming session. So you can be playing. You have to pick a game to represent your community, which I don't necessarily like. But I picked Rocket League for ours because we all like Rocket League. Uh-huh. So I I could go in and start a game session playing Rocket League or Destiny or whatever and say, hey, come join my party and play. And when you go to the community, it will show you uh, two players playing. And you go over and see what they're playing and you can join them. Uh-huh. And I think that's really cool. That is cool. Um, especially for like a game like Destiny. Or Rocket League, you know, games where you want to play with people. Uh, yeah. I think that's a really neat thing. It's just a matter of whether people use it. Right. That's the, the real question. Um, what else is in there? Supposedly some better messaging and stuff like that. I haven't messed around with any of that stuff. And another really cool one, if you're a PS Plus member, the um, online cloud storage has been bumped up from 1 gig to 10 gigs. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's really nice considering... Uh, the space all these fucking games are taking up. I I heard the on uh, another podcast that the Uncharted collection is like forty four gigs. Uh-huh. Ugh. Do you just, get to control what gets uploaded to the cloud? Can you just? Do I think like, you can. You could just do like save games. I think you can control it. I've never really messed around with it. Gotcha. But I'm pretty sure you can control it. Be a good place to stash all your porno <laughs> on the the PSN cloud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it would, wouldn't it? That's it for me, Dan. Yeah, okay. Uh, I've only got two nibble bits. First one being, uh, if you had planned on suggesting a character for the addition to the Smash Brothers roster, your deadline is October 3rd. If you want to vote, I posted a tweet on our Twitter timeline that takes you right to where you can vote. So, Are you actual, actually voting on suggest, some predetermined characters? No, or? suggesting. That's where you suggest characters. So, Oh, man. I suggested Bayonetta. That's who I want to see in Smash, but, you know, really, you can say whoever you want. That's who I want to see, too, Dan. Yeah. It's a good fit. I agree. Eric Cartman. <laughs> Eric Cartman. <laughs> uh, just quick side note. I heard that the new season of South Park is really good. Anybody watched it? I haven't. I, I no. usually wait till it's all over before I get caught up. I heard it from a friend who told me the first two episodes were fucking hilarious, uh-huh. and then I read something today saying it's one of the best seasons ever. Nice. It's only three episodes in. It's weird uh, that that show just still remains so good. Well, I, social commentary you could yeah. go forever. Yeah. Mm. You know? But still, being able to, I don't know. They just the way they fit. Well, they're the, brilliant. Well, the way they fit the characters into whatever is going yeah. on, and have it be like a have whatever's going on in South Park be a microcosm of yeah. actual like <laughs> world events. You know, it's they're it's, great. It's fantastic. Can't wait for their next video game either. Yeah. Uh, Square Enix has decided to shelve its pre-order bonuses for the newest Deus Ex game, Mankind Divided. Previously, they had offered different tiers for rewards based on the number of pre-orders the game received, with the last reward being the game launching four days early for pre-orders. I didn't <laughs> see this, Dan, until, or I didn't know about this until you tweeted it. Yeah. 
What a bunch of shit. That oh, it is. was it was it was really bad. People hated it, which of is good. Of course they did. Uh, you know, like like pre-order stuff isn't confusing enough. Um, there just there was a backlash. It's almost like Kickstarter. Yeah, it was it was pretty ugly. Uh, so now anyone who pre-orders the game will get the same things regardless, uh, and the game will launch on the same same day for everyone. So guaranteed, somebody got sacked for that. Probably it's just a bad. It was good. a bad idea. <laughs> well, yeah. How does that even get to be a thing? Who isn't there a couple people? A couple people that work there are like, guys, this is a terrible decision. You'd be I surprised. <laughs> yeah. I doubt it. I guess that's right. <laughs> you know what? No, I probably wouldn't be surprised. You're right. And the one, the ones that did think it was a dumb idea would not, not want to say anything. No, yep. no, you're right. Because you didn't want to get fired. Yep. Toe they're, the line. They're, yep, they're meant to speak only when spoken to. <laughs> Getting a paycheck and going home. God yep. forbid you have a smart opinion about something you know something about. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I had for for nibble bits. Corey, how was your week? Uh, good. I have a, a few things to talk about. I watched the movie Unfriended. Okay. You guys familiar with that at all? No a horror movie. Yeah, it's another Blumhouse Productions. They're ba- they're doing kind of like the the mobile game format, the low risk, high reward kind of kind of stuff. They did. Uh, oh, so shit. Well, they did the visit. They did. Oh, I was wrong then. I liked the visit. Uh-huh. They did uh, Paranormal Activity. Oh, okay. I really um, like sort of like one. Blair Witch style stuff. Oh, okay. I take it back. Yeah, there's there's some gems in there. Uh, the is it The Conjuring? I think that's another one. That was pretty good. But uh, it's really good. My girlfriend, she is a big like always on her phone, always texting, always doing those kind of things. So I was glad to have her see it because it really kind of plays on the you know a good horror flick takes what you know and you're very familiar with and you know makes it scary and that did a really good job of this it was about a bunch of teenagers who there was a girl who committed suicide because of a video that was posted of her on the internet where she got drunk and and pooped her pants (laughs) (laughs) so she killed herself and a year later these kids are all hanging out on skype and all this scary stuff happens um but it's really cool because the way it's shot is it's like the, from the perspective of this one girl's Mac, and she's using Skype, she's using Spotify, she's using YouTube, she's using Google Chrome, like all these programs and stuff we're all familiar with and use all the time. And it, I don't know, it, it was I thought it was really well done. Um, four stars, four out of five for me. How nice. scary on a scale of one to ten? Not super scary. There was a couple gross parts there, and the, like there's a couple really bad parts too. The acting isn't great. Uh, but I guess that's what you get when you're making, you know, like when your budget's a million dollars. Yeah. All but right. uh, Is I that do recommend Netflix? it. It's, it's no, I uh, actually Netflix sent me as they do from time to time an offer for a free month of DVDs. You did so say just, that. Yeah, I've just been getting all the movies that haven't been on streaming. Okay. Get caught up on all those, and that was one of them. It's only like an hour and a half, um, but I thought it did some really smart things. Nice. Another thing, just quickly, I know it's that time of the year for pumpkin spice lattes. So, because I can't afford nice things, I went and made my own pumpkin spice latte. Uh, actually, oh, came out really well. You use real pumpkin puree, and you make your own kind of blend, and then you mix it in with. Uh, you're supposed to use espresso, but I just mix it with strongly strong coffee, strongly brewed coffee, and, and milk. And uh, I don't came like really pumpkin nice. spice all that much. I don't really like it either, to be honest with you. I kind of like the feeling of you know 
the season's changing yeah. and pumpkin flavor. I so. can't I can't get enough pumpkin flavored Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I don't like it. Oh, I just can't stop drinking it. It's so good. I don't like any of the stuff with the syrup in it, so I, yeah. I don't know. I usually, I've been I've been getting hazelnut. Uh-huh. Pum- pumpkin donuts are okay. Yeah. I like pumpkin everything. Well, I like pumpkin pie if I'm going to have pumpkin. Or you know what? My uh, future mother-in-law makes a killer pumpkin roll. I remember you saying that. Oh, What's a pumpkin roll? It's like pumpkin breadish kind of stuff, yeah. real moist pumpkin bread. And mm. you you put uh, you roll it up, but in between is like a layer of uh, like a cream, cream cheese, cheese filling. filling, yeah, spice cream cheese oh, filling. Corey, it is ridiculously good. That sounds good. Yeah, but nothing like a that's good my take roll. on pumpkin. It's like an October version of uh, Bavarian cream donut. <laughs> it's better than that. <laughs> the okay. other thing. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't want to cut anybody off. No, go ahead. Um, made some changes to the website. Made some progress finally. I don't know if any of you guys saw it. I but did. It's at least kind of functional now. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit cleaner. I still need to move a lot of stuff around and flesh out some of the pages. But uh, going to have uh, a page dedicated to just us and like kind of what we're playing and stuff like that which, you know, I'll update fairly regularly. Uh, I want to have a page just for our Thummy Awards that are easily searchable. And then uh, on the homepage, I also added a schedule of what's coming up this week on Thumbstick Athletes, which would I plan to update every Monday. I hope to stick to that, but but who knows. Yeah. Um, and if you notice on there, we've sort of been trying to create some YouTube content. Yep. Which we tried to do yesterday. and Trying and failing a little bit. Yeah, so Will and I started a Final Fantasy Tactics walkthrough inspired by our episode, which is coming up on the 15th. It's not next week, but the week after. What's next week? I don't remember. Nothing, I I don't think. I hope it's not next week. Is it letter C? Whatever, we'll we'll figure that out. (laughs) Probably, unless something else is coming out that we can get some time I with. I think we but, had yeah. letter C coming up later okay. on in the month. but We we started our tactics walkthrough. Uh, we're, I plan to do... We're going to record a bunch of them, but we're gonna, each battle is going to be a video. The first one we did was about 15 minutes, but we had some technical issues, and I was using a, a legal ROM. Um, so I had some issues with the emulator and all that kind of stuff. And I was when we started it, I had already been tr- getting it, trying to get everything working for like three hours. So I was a little bit dysfunctional for the first video, but now that we have all the kinks worked out, um, I hope the next next ones are going to be good. But like I like I started to say, we're going to try and put one up every day. We don't have any other content. Um, good. So one went up on the 29th, which is Tuesday. Another one will go up tomorrow. Uh, I don't know about the weekend. I might try and stream over the weekend, but the goal is to basically have a more regular stream of of content coming out yep more stuff on youtube yeah specifically obviously the podcast itself won't won't change all that much but we're trying to get more stuff out there so indeed okay anything else Corey? Mm, no all right what do you got eric um well let's see i did want to uh touch on what tito briefly mentioned i was supposed to play destiny with tito 
Sunday night after the Bills game, but I went out to a bar for the Bills game and I got drunk, so I wasn't able to play and I kind of celebrated the Bills' absolute ass-kicking that they handed the Dolphins, which is always great to see because I hate the Dolphins. Uh, always been a big rival and that before I... I don't have season tickets anymore, but when I used to, before I had season tickets, I always went to the Dolphins-Bills game because it was always my favorite rivalry. Uh, so anytime they can hand them a severe ass-kicking like they did, I am all, all for it. Um, so that was a good time. Um, other than that, uh, Arsenal really putzing out of the Champions League, and it's pissing me right off, but what are you going to do? Um, yeah, I don't know. Other than that, I've, I've been really eyeing some some new controllers the xbox halo controllers are really nice and the lunar white have you seen the lunar white i haven't looks really nice and it's got a supposedly some better grip on the back uh-huh. um so i've been eyeing those up i don't know if i'll actually bite or not but i don't know i don't i don't think i really did too much else dan sounds good oh yeah i should talk about this will and i uh set up uh i guess the equivalent of family sharing on steam uh-huh. Uh, on our Xboxes, uh, it's really easy to do. You just sign in to the other person's account on your Xbox and make it the primary account, and then you have access to each other's digital library, which is awesome. Yeah. So you can split games. Can't but, all that. Yeah. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll do some fooling around, and find a game we can buy, and see how that works. Um, I know he bought NHL 16, which Dan and I played oh, a little yeah, bit. Oh yeah, I of. tried that. Forgot about that. Um, but, yeah, I think that's it for my week, Dan. Okay. Uh, I got a couple things. Yeah, I w- wanted to talk about mine and Eric's video. So we did. We started our Summon Ally series, which uh, Corey came up with this idea, like, was it like a year and a half ago, <laughs> a year ago? Yeah, probably. It's been a while, <laughs> and we've been meaning to implement it. But what it is is we're just basically going to be uh, taking an expert of a game. So Eric's an expert, of expert, so to speak, <laughs> at FIFA. Uh, experienced. Like, there you go. Experienced. An experienced player. Uh, you know, I, I hate to call anyone an expert unless they're like a professional, you know, like yeah. as good as you are at FIFA. Is probably, I'm certainly not an expert. Right. Um, I, I would never call myself an expert at anything. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, w- Eric, uh, was essentially training me on FIFA. So, uh, we did that during the day. Was it yesterday? Wednesday. Yeah. Yesterday. Yesterday. Uh, Everything went smoothly. Like, the video came out really good. Uh, I uploaded it and copyright infringements because of the music on the menus. So there was one song specifically that made that made it so that the, all the audio was muted in the, in the whole video. Uh, the, the other songs just would have had – you would have had to have, have an ad on the video, which is fine because our Nintendo – anything we do with Nintendo um, from the capture card – because uh, the N- Nintendo songs are copyrighted, they get ads put on them, and there's nothing we can do about that. It's fine, whatever. But yeah, one of the one of the shitty menu songs uh, on FIFA made it so that we couldn't have any audio on our video. And I tried; they they have an option to edit the song out, but it just edited the entire audio and all the video, which is kind of what the video is about. So uh, we're gonna have another go at it next week because we didn't complete our task. So I might cut up some of the some of the video and and put that in before the start of uh, our video that we're going to do next week. So I was going to say if we'll it's try just the again. menus, just cut out. Well, cut part out that I bit. mean, part of it is like Eric explaining to me what was going on. 
you know, mm-hmm. in the in tactics in the game. Like it would kind of be because we were having like conversations and stuff. It would be out of context, you know. I guess so. I I, I will go through it and pick out some parts uh, that I'll put into the next video before before we start part two. Part so, two. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. You know, that's I, I tweeted that this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. I'll be more prepared next time, too, though. I felt like I could have talked more. Yeah. Uh, Just upload it to Vimeo. Vimeo? Yeah, why not? I could do that. It's, it's there. Better, it's better done. than losing it. It's there and done. Yeah, I could do that. And then we'll just maybe put it up on the website or something or tweet it out. Yeah. That's a good idea. It's, wor- it's worth a shot. It's not going to hurt yeah. to even to try it. Because YouTube is really strict about all that stuff. About music and it's, yeah. it's stupid. You know, if the if the music is in a game like that, it shouldn't. It should, if the game wants to to file a copyright infringement, fine. But I don't. The music shouldn't if it's actually in the game. You know, it just seems stupid. I don't think it should be able to be copyrighted if you're not monetizing it anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, we're, we don't we haven't well we haven't monetized any of our videos, so right. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Ridiculous. I was not happy about that. But we'll, we'll for uh, the Vimeo, Vimeo thing's a good idea. I'm, I'm going to try that, Corey. Uh, so there's that. Oh, I've had my, I've had my first full week with my new phone, uh, which I love. It's the first. I was thinking about it. It's the first time I've had like a really good phone since I had my 3G iPhone way back in the day, like six, seven years ago, however long ago it was. Uh, because after I went from the iPhone to a kind of a cheap Windows phone, and that's what I had for probably two or three years and then i just had tablets for my phone i didn't uh i didn't even have a phone phone so it's nice to have like a like a good phone uh a couple things to note the camera on it is absolutely fantastic and that was one of the reasons why i wanted to get it because my wife got the samsung galaxy s6 and the galaxy note 5 has the same same exact camera in it so it's, it's a bigger phone it's got a few a few uh, additions that I like, like multitasking apps that I haven't really tinkered with, but uh, it's got also got really good battery life. Um, I've had it. I stopped charging it this morning when I woke up at like eight o'clock, and it's at fifty-one percent. So that's also great. But one of the best things about it's got a little stylus on the bottom with a clicker, oh, like really? a pen. So whenever I'm bored or whatever, I just pull it out <laughs> and click it. That's not the one that times. if you put it in the wrong way. It- breaks your phone is yes it? it is oh careful i don't know how you put it in wrong how stupid can you be <laughs> zing yeah no well, I, I don't think it's it's that i think it's it shouldn't have it shouldn't be that easy to put it in wrong i don't see how you can be stupid enough to put it in wrong dan i really don't you've been out in the world <laughs> that's true don't test it dan i'm not going to but i don't see like i really don't see how it's possible i forget it. who it was they were doing a, a video like just demonstrating how you could do it, and when he tested it, 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 it broke his phone. Yeah. Oh god! No, that is one. the uh, The salesman actually, when my my when my wife got it, warned her about that. But I don't know. I, I don't see how how it could be possible. But that's me. I'm also kept very careful with my things. So there's that. Uh, and then the only other thing I wanted to talk about real quick. Uh, so my wife is taking administration classes uh for education she wants to get into like uh 
uh, professional development for teachers and stuff. And she sent me she sent me a picture when she was in class the other day. Uh, one of her professors is having her read an excerpt from a book by Jane McGonagall. McGonagall, mm, yeah. Um, who is a she's a gaming advocate. Um, she's you know really into like getting people to play games to like combat depression and for family togetherness and stuff. Uh, I just thought it was really weird a really weird world colliding moment, you know, because my wife is in this education thing, which is generally anti gaming. Um, you know they're kind of blame video games for everything um and most people in education feel the same way obviously that my wife's a little bit different because of because of me and she grew up playing video games that's all she did when she was younger so yeah if you ever want to say like video games are are bad for you my wife got fantastic grades and still does you know almost 4.0 gpas uh all through college and she played a ton of video games when she was younger so i don't want to hear people was- blaming those for bad grades was the book Reality is Broken? Yes, that's the one. Yeah. I, I, I have it. Yeah. Oh you, oh, you own it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, we're going to buy it, actually. It, the, the you book, can have my copy. We'll just buy one. It's fine. <laughs> it's it's like 11 bucks on Amazon. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I remember talking about her, like, early on in the podcast, something I'd read f- from her, because uh, she does, like, TED Talks and stuff. Yep. Um, so, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to bring that up because I was like – that's amazing. Like I'm gonna slip one of those in with the lady. Yeah, because she she listens to TED talks. Yeah, I'll have to find one where she references video games being useful. Yeah, yeah. So I it's, it was it was really weird because like my wife sent me this picture of of the book and I was like, hey, I know her. This is, <laughs> this is weird, and it's weird that they because the, the the professor said like this is important because gaming is becoming. Um, such a huge part of 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 modern day culture not just for entertainment but also for learning you know for mm-hmm. learning experiences for people so um but yeah i mean there's still people in education are are very anti-gaming so it was funny just today my wife said she she confiscated some skylander stuff from some of the kids in her class and uh you know they're whatever she's like uh, it was a Mega Ram Spyro card, and my wife, when she took it away, was like, you know, I have a Mega Ram Spyro at home, a Skylander. She said that the, the, it was just dead silent in the classroom. Like, the kids were just shocked that their teacher plays Skylanders. <laughs> but she said, like, after that, like, some of the, the, the kids in the room that played Skylanders, like, were able to connect to her that much more and, you know, pay, pay better attention in class. So that was, that was interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. It's an easy way to relate to to the younger generations. I, I can kind of relate to that. Uh, being in a management position where I work. Yeah. I kind of have that same thing with some of the, the workers there yeah. that I oversee. Whereas I feel like some of the other management. Yeah. It's like they have nothing in common with yeah. them and they kind of think, well, it's kind of a douchey guy. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. Cause you, you think of your old managers, like your mean managers, you just think they go home and like beat animals, you know, like he, <laughs> <laughs> but if if you know the manager like plays video games or something like that, like, you have something way to in bond. common with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have something to talk about that's not work related for a yep. minute. You know. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So, although that was cool, uh, I'm going to read that book. There's only like a chapter that they that the the prof- my wife's professor put in the in. It's like a pamphlet of di- excerpts from different books. But um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. It's just weird. Cool that. It was even mentioned in a remotely positive light in education. So, so this is very cool. Uh, and that's all I have for this week. Um, let's get into what we played, shall we? 
Or does anyone have to go to the bathroom? Um, I'll do what I played, and I got a scoop. Sounds good. Sound, sounds good. Corey, good. Sounds good. All right. Uh, yeah. So I, th- <laughs> I think the only thing I want to talk about is Rainbow Six Siege because we already talked about Destiny. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So Jake, Idaho Jake, one of the listeners, was nice enough to hook me up with a PS4 beta code, uh, which I've played. I don't know an hour or two hours of uh, just doing terrorist hunt mode. Uh, I did a couple matches on normal difficulty and a couple matches on hard difficulty. Uh, hard difficulty is pretty damn hard. They have these, some of the terrorists walk around with bombs strapped to them. And my initial reaction whenever I see one, any of the enemies is just to pull my weapon and just start shooting. Um, but these guys come running at you. And if you kill them too close to you, the bomb explodes and you die. So that happens to me a lot. But anyway, the game as a whole, I really, really like. It's, um... Graphically, not all that great, but I don't really care because it's. I think part of that's beta. Yeah, too. it's beta, and I know that. Because what 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 was Battlefield Three that looked like garbage in the beta, and then it came out and it looked. There really was nice. a Battlefield game. I remember uh, it was Battlefield Four. It might have been Four. I think it was Four, but because I thought the same thing. Um, I, and even if it came out and looked like this, I wouldn't even care because yeah. I, I I like it so much. Like. Um, some of the, the, the best parts of it are, it's very tactical and s- strategy based. So like you can't just go in guns blazing, yeah. especially if you're playing it on hard. Um, and I didn't try any online multiplayer against another squad and I can only imagine it's that much more tactical playing against like smart, real people. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so you'll start off at a point, you'll pick, you'll pick your character, uh, your weapon loadout, and then you all vote on where to start out in the map. And then um, you kind of rush the house or whatever it is you're going into, and you'll see all these windows are boarded up and things like that. So you can, like, my favorite mode of entering a building is to rappel up the side of it, punch in the the, the boarded up windows, and kind of peer in and see if there's any terrorists there, which you will quickly find out as you're getting shot at. Um, And then maybe toss in a flashbang or whatever the case is. I I don't have much of a loadout right now because I haven't unlocked a lot. But I have seen other people using their their weapons, and it's pretty damn sweet. You can literally blow up anything. Nice. Like I saw after I died, the 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 camera to watch your teammates try and complete the mission is really fun to watch. It gets pretty intense. Uh-huh. Um, but these guys, they they were at a wall, and, and so one of them set up a charge on on one side of the wall. The other guy went around the corner and set it up on the other side of the wall. So they blew in both sides of this wall and found some terrorists in there and just started shooting them. Nice. And it was amazing. Um, but yeah, just all the different uh, modes of entry and, and tactics that you can do, and I can't imagine this would be so much fun to play with a group of, I think it's five, five teammates or friends would be just a blast. Yeah. And to get really strategic with it, oh, would be so fun. Yeah. So... Nice. I'm really looking forward to this. This was one that was uh, falling off of my radar, but I think has definitely turned into a buy for me now. Um, really, really digging it. It comes out first of December, right? Uh, shortly thereafter. Okay. Maybe the se- second Fourth. week. Because first of December is just cause. I think it comes out the same day. Does it come out the same I day? I think so. Fuck. Damn it. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I can check. Ugh. I don't know. But I've really, really enjoyed the beta, like I said. And, okay. I, again, I do appreciate Jake hooking me up with the beta code. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah. So if any listeners want to play this weekend, I think this is the last weekend for it. ends on the 4th. 
Um, if you see me on and I'm playing, please send me a message. I'd love to play with some actual people that I could talk to. December 1st. December 1st, is it? Shit. Ugh. Start saving up my pennies. Yeah. My tokens. Yeah. But, yeah, that's it, Dan. Okay. Sounds good. And with that, I will take my leave. Peace out. Bye, Eric. See y'alls. Bye. All right, Corey, what do you what do you have for us? Oh, I'm exhausted, Dan. I hear you. But I got a, I got a few things, I guess. I played a new game called The Tender Cut, which sounds naughty, and it kind of is. <laughs> it sounds like food. I, I was thinking like steak. Tender cut yeah. of beef, yeah. Might as well be because it's so it's one of those first person interactive experiences as opposed to a video game, right? Uh. What was that one that just came out that we talked about? Rapture. Rapture. Everybody's gone to the Rapture. Um, it's kind of like one of those. It's super short. I did beat it. It only took like 15 minutes, though. But, yeah, thank you, I guess. I'll since, add it to the list. Since uh, the Stanley Parable counted. I don't see why this one wouldn't. <laughs> but uh, it's based on an old art film that I can't recall the name of. It had like a French name or something like that. But Salvador Dali actually had a, a hand in this film. Um, and what it is, is it's a bunch of, I don't know if it's found footage or just random footage that's intercut with each other, but it takes like the first couple minutes of this old black and white film and sort of puts you in the film as if you were a character in it rather than a viewer just watching it. Uh, it's really hard to explain. It's a really abstract game and weird. It's all in black and white, but, uh, <laughs> the climax of, this film and the video game is cutting open an eyeball and goo coming out of it. Uh, um, I couldn't play that. It's not as bad as it's not super graphic. Yeah, but even just, I have a thing about eyeballs. Yeah, I think that's what it's it's kind of playing off of. It is it is like an art film, so it's kind of like I don't know the the way it intercuts the footage. It makes the even though it's black and white, makes it a little bit more painful than. If it weren't, I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. <laughs> okay, but it does. It just sort of plays off the the, the film itself, which you kind of have to have an understanding of to yeah to know the game. So it is free, free to play. You can just download it. It comes from uh, Russian developers in Saint Petersburg called No Thanks Games. Uh-huh. Um, so check it out. It is kind of interesting, but super short and you I don't just, know. you just wanted to pad your. Well, actually, I downloaded it a while ago because I thought it sounded cool, yeah. and I was in the mood for that kind of game. But you, I, you didn't download it just to pad your beaten games list. No, no, I've it's been sitting on my computer for like probably I think it came out in April, so gotcha. That long, uh, it was just free, and and whatever article I read about it gave it a, a pretty favorable review. But it okay. didn't really do anything for me, to be honest with you. Gotcha. But yeah, yeah, I'll pad my beaten games. Uh-huh. That's fine. Uh, the other one I played, which I think I want to do just a quick video of, just to share, is called the Westport Independent, uh-huh. and it's in alpha right now, uh, so I played the alpha version. It is very much inspired by Papers, Please. You play a newspaper editor, um, and the, the games, the themes of the game are like censorship and propaganda. Uh, and corruption and all that stuff between the media and government. And you play play an editor at a newspaper company, and you have four employees that work for you. And stories come – it's like Papers, Please, where you're sitting at your desk. Stories come across your desk. 
you choose which ones you want to run. And when you choose the ones you want to run, you can actually censor them. So if there's a line in there that makes your government look bad, you can censor it out if you want. You don't have to. And then you give the article, the story, with the censored bits or uncensored to your writers. And each of your writers has their own personality, their own feelings about the government. There's a, there's a rebel faction, a loyalist faction, and they have different opinions about it and different levels of sus- suspicion about the government. Um, so you kind of determine which writer you think is the best based on the story that you have and what you've censored out. And then once you get your you have four employees and you give you can only run four articles a week. Once you get your four articles, you go into the layout and you choose which one you want on the front page, which one you want on the second page, third page, fourth page, uh, and that influences things. And then once you do that, you choose how you want to distribute it. And there's four different like areas in your state, um, and each one has its own attributes. Each one favors different types of articles over the other. There's industry articles, crime articles, social articles, and celebrity articles. Um, so if you're running like, if your front page story is a crime story, then you want to distribute that newspaper to a area that favors that type of story. Yeah. Because it'll be more popular, you'll sell more copies, it'll increase your popularity overall. Uh, so it does, it just kind of plays on that whole, like, the power of media and, and newspapers and you kind of that's really determine cool. the direction you take the country pretty much or the state i should say huh really really interesting stuff yeah really complex and this is just the alpha and you only play five weeks um but it does have that whole like papers please thing uh i forget there was some bill that was passed and it said oh you have four weeks until this bill is passed and the bill like changes people's opinions on certain things so yeah. once that bill passes you want to change your articles like censor certain things and it's really fascinating one of the most interesting parts about it are your four employees will change their opinions of things as as you go and the types of stories that you give them and there's little bits of dialogue after every week between your four employees it's very like 1950s they're just sitting at a table smoking cigarettes talking about like oh our editor's an asshole he made us run this story (laughs) and then they get into a discussion of politics and from that you can sort of glean the types of things they're interested in and that kind of stuff gotcha Uh, really really interesting i'm really excited for it papers please was i think my second favorite game of 2013 or whenever it came out yeah uh i love that game and and this seems to be right there with it is it by the same developer no i don't know unless it's Unless they rebranded themselves or something like that, I think it's just very heavily influenced by by gotcha. Papers Please. Okay. Uh, so keep an eye out for that one. I'm very excited for it. Played more Mario Maker. I finally got 50 stars. Well done. Which means now I can upload an additional 10 levels. Oh wow! It was, it's 10. Yep. Now you can upload 20. Cool. But uh, it was the weirdest thing. I was getting like two, three stars, sometimes four stars a day, every day. Until I got to 49 stars, and then I didn't get any for, like, four or five days. Yeah. It's like, I just need one more star so that I can upload ten more levels. Did you pull, uh, what was it, Shut Up, Get Down? Get Down, Shut Up, yeah. Did, you pulled that? Yeah. Okay. Cause it, wasn't, I was... it wasn't getting any stars, so there's no reason for it to be there. Okay. Cause I'm going could... to upload a slightly easier version of it at some point. I was going to star that one, because I, I, st- I, I usually only start after I beat it. 
Yeah. Uh, and I hadn't beat it, but I, I, when you said you needed another star, I was going to go in and star it, but it was gone. So I was like, well, I already starred your, all your courses. Yep. Yeah, I, I asked you guys, and Eric went in and did me a solid and, and gave me my 50th star. Mm-hmm. So just waiting. Probably this weekend I'll sit down and upload levels again. I have such a good time doing that. I love that game. Yeah, well, maybe tomorrow then I'll do the the Mario Maker video so we can uh, all of our levels so far. There you go. That'll be fun. What a great game. And the uh, I haven't been playing as many levels, but the community around Mario Maker is sort of growing up, I guess, and, and siphoning through all the crap and finding out where the good stuff is and, and people are coming up with ways to find the good stuff because there are a ton of really bad levels. Yeah, yeah. Um, every time I do 100 Mario Maker mode, I just, like, there are way more... For every 10 bad levels, there's maybe one good one. Yeah, I agree. It's still really popular on Twitch, too. Yeah. Which is cool. Yep. If I had a capture card, I'd... I'd take some time to upload that stuff yeah speaking of dan i found out youtube has its own editor oh does it yeah because i i have um i don't have any editing programs on my desktop right and everything i do is on my laptop which is five years old at this point so it's, it's kind of slow especially for rendering videos and stuff like that yep um but I found you can upload, you know, whatever raw video you want to YouTube and edit it there. You can do crossfades, and that's the Final Fantasy Tactics video I edited on YouTube. Oh, and just sort of offloaded the processing to to YouTube. So that's cool because I don't really like Movie Maker that much. No, I mean it's not. You can't do a ton of stuff, but it's right. it's pretty basic, and you can do just enough. And it still took a while to process. It yeah, probably took as long as it would have taken my laptop to process it. Uh, but that's fine. Yeah. You know, at least I didn't need that processing power from my computer. Yeah. Um, I've been playing more Final Fantasy VI on iOS. That's my like bathroom game. I'll play for like 15 minutes, and you can save anywhere in that. It's not like the SNES version. You can just quick save and go to the main menu. Um, and right now I'm just getting to Zozo. Okay. To hunt down Terra in Esper form. Uh huh. That's what the one with the updated game? graphics, right? Yeah, just the sprites are a little bit modified, which okay. a lot of people didn't like, but I, I think it looks pretty good. I didn't really like it either. Yeah, I, I could see that. I think a, a lot of characters benefited from it, though. Right. But that's neither here nor there. And then I started my tactics playthrough, which uh, the first video of that, me and Will play and talk about it. We'll, we're going to you know start focusing in a little bit more and, and do a little bit better job of describing the story. I think I told some lies in that first video, so... Hopefully we have the the story figured out, which is it's weird, though, playing it from the perspective of somebody who's trying to explain it. You realize how little you know about the story. Yeah. And especially I mean, I've been playing that game for a decade. Yeah. More than a decade, almost two decades. Um, And it's funny to to just see how little I know about the story. Yeah, because you I mean, you go on to what, like Wikipedia or whatever, the or the Final Fantasy Tactics weekend and read the stuff and you're like, oh. That fills in a plot hole that I've, you know, had the entire time I've played the game for 10 years or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, and it doesn't help. And Will and I talked about this a little bit in the video. It doesn't help that the original translation wasn't very good for the game. Yeah. So a lot of the story elements don't come across as clearly as they do in the War of the Lions remake for mobile. Um, That's when I'm going to start playing. Maybe I'll start playing that tonight instead of Metal Gear Solid. 
Yeah, there you go. Get ready for our episode. Yeah. Which is in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, That's it. That's all I've been playing. Okay. Uh, I got a couple quick things. Uh, I beat Skylander's Trap Team, finally. That was last year's Skylanders. um, Because the new one came out, and me and my wife wanted to start playing on the new one, I just figured... uh, we decided to just have me power through a trap team when, when I had free time. So I beat that. I actually ended up liking it more than I thought I would. I didn't, I didn't really get the whole trapping the bad guys thing until, uh, I figured out that like when your Skylander is about to die, you can just switch over to one of the bad guys and, and prevent them from dying, which was helpful. Cause I, I was lo- trying to level up one of my new Skylanders, uh, that I hadn't, hadn't opened, so whenever he came close to dying, I would just switch into the bad guy and, you know, the bad guy would get enough experience at my Skylander level up and give him a fresh, fresh health bar. So, uh, I did end up kind of liking that, that whole mechanic towards the end. So if so. your guy's about to die, you can switch to the bad guy. Yeah. Cause you would have, you would have a bad guy like in a, in, in the little crystal traps and you would have one with you all the time. You could switch him out like, like you would a Skylander. Um, and you just hit the left bumper or left trigger and it would switch to the bad guy and you'd fight as the bad guy that you had trapped for a while and, you know, get all, like I said, get all the experience, especially for low level Skylanders towards the end of the game, they level up really fast because there's a lot of experience. So that's cool. So, uh, so me and my wife can focus solely on superchargers now, which is exciting. What is it? What is it about this game that most appeals to you? Um, I don't know. I, 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 it's a, it's a pretty solid, like action puzzle platformer type of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, action. Yeah. Actiony. I don't know. It, it's in hard the to same way that even. the Spyro games were. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's about that. It's not 3d though. Like, like Spyro was, Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's a solid game. I really like the creativity that the de- the developers have in creating characters. I think there's some really neat characters to it. Um, and then the whole collecting thing, like having all, I'm going to actually maybe snap, snap a photo of all my Skylanders collection to put on our Twitter feed or something. I don't know. It's just neat. <laughs> like I said, there's the, the collection factor. It's a, it's a solid game, especially superchargers is really, really well done. Yeah. Uh and you know, the the vehicles are are really cool. But I don't know, there's just something about it. It's it's got that X factor that makes you want to keep playing and keep yeah. buying Skylanders cuz like my wife whenever like she'll get a coupon from Target like buy one Skylander get get one free or buy one get one 50% off and she'll just buy some and bring them home, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Yeah, that's what like that's the X factor thing is is that's what's interesting to me yeah. most about it is, yeah. is it's like trying to define what that is. Yeah. But like I said, a lot of it is the creativity of the character. So the, some of the characters are really, really well done. Uh, and that's what I like about it over like a Disney infinity, which has characters you already know. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Lego dimensions. I probably would love cause I love Legos, but it's same, same thing. It's like, all these properties you already know i like i like the developers to be able to like create unique characters and and some of them are characters like old characters like we have a stealth elf that we have from uh uh swap force mm. uh but she's just been like updated to to a different 
you know a different look and has different weaponry and stuff so that that's also kind of cool to see how they change over over the course of games so are any of those worth money yet uh i doubt it i mean there are some rare ones that are like one time event things like uh like i think it was uh swap force they had like sil- like silver and gold characters or spe- like the dark editions for this year's Skylanders, like those will probably be worth worth money because mm-hmm. they're a little bit more rare than than the normal Skylanders. So, and like uh, you know the the Skylander amiibo mixes, I think a few years from now those are going to be really really uh, rare and and valuable, especially if you didn't open them because of the you know the Donkey Kong and the the Bowser it, amiibo Skylander mix. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh. It'd be cool to see in like ten years when Skylanders VR comes out that there's if they still use those original ones and like if you have one of those people know like oh he's a Skylanders vet yeah it could very well be I mean because they they're you know like once you buy a Skylander supposedly it'll work in every game after that so even yeah. the first generation uh, I think it's Skylanders Spyro's Adventure maybe is the, mm-hmm. fir- the first generation those Skylanders will work like in new games so. Are, are they phasing out those original Skylanders? I don't think so. I think you can use no, them you can still... in per- no, I mean, perpetuity. I mean, are they still selling them? Uh, I don't think so. No. I mean, you can find them on, like, eBay and Amazon, probably. That's cool, then. That's good. That's that's what I would do. Yeah. It's good stuff. I'm a fan of the Skylanders franchise. Uh, so I played that, and then the only other thing I played... Well, I played FIFA. I'll talk about FIFA real quick. Uh, FIFA is a, actually a really well done game, um, and even though I'm not much of a soccer fan, like I really like the game. Uh, it plays really nicely. I'm having a little trouble because there's a lot of buttons and controls to do, like different types of passes and stuff. So I'm having trouble uh, learning all those. But Eric's been really helpful in, in teaching me that stuff. So uh, it's it's a really solid solid game. I don't have too much to talk about because I only played like I played like. I played two online matches and and uh, like uh, exhibition match and a half. Um, I actually didn't do too badly. I lost three to nothing in both my online matches. Uh, that stuff's on the video. I'll probably, like you said, have some set have some way. We'll we'll put it on Vimeo and see if see if that works. But um, the first guy I played against uh, played as I think it was Real Madrid which Eric says everyone plays as he, they have some of the best players in the world. And he was just like kicking the ball from everywhere and, and scoring goals because he has the best players in the world on his team. Uh, the second guy I played against was Liverpool. Uh, and he was a lot better of a player, but didn't have like as good of a team as uh, Real Madrid. So, but he, uh, I don't think I had a shot on goal that entire second game I played online. <laughs> He just stifled. Hey, his defense was stifling. I couldn't. I couldn't move the ball at all. Uh, he, actually, he he literally emasculated you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, because I should say our goal, our ultimate goal for that summon ally is for me to win an online match. So that's what we're we're working towards. Uh, I only played two because of time constraints. So next video, I'll just jump right into the online matches and hopefully I can get four or five in and. I have a better chance at winning one. So, but I like that game. It's good stuff. Uh, and the last game I played is a lot more Metal Gear Solid Five. I'm really trying to beat it. I'm on mission 36, I believe it is. So I have another six or eight missions left, I think. 
Uh, but I ran into one that's one of those missions that I hate from stealth games. If you get noticed, you fail the mission. I really am having a hard time with that. I've died probably or got caught probably four or five times trying to do it. Mm. Um, it's going to be one of those ones that I have to just take a ton of time and just be super careful, but it's so I bet hard you, for me. I bet you there's a workaround. I, I might end up looking one up because there's another one of these coming up, and like mission maybe 39 is the same thing. Uh, you have to be stealthy the whole time. You can't get noticed or you fail the mission, which I just hate because it was on such a good... Uh, such a good role for a stealth game, you know, like I could do whatever I wanted and screw up on my stealth and still complete the mission and run into that. And it's just, it's aggravating, but I still really like the game. It still, you know, plays really nice and I hope to have it beaten by next week, but who knows? I deleted it. Oh, did you? Not going to play it anymore? I don't know. I, as much as I really liked it and I think it's a fantastic game, I just, I don't really see myself going back to, to finish it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really long too. I think I meant like I think I played it for forty six hours. So, yeah, and probably the the past twenty hours have been just just doing story missions, and then the important side missions, the yellow, the the gold colored side missions. So, but I feel I, I don't know. I, I feel like I've gotten everything out of that game that I'm gonna get out. Yeah, of it. no, I could totally see that. And one of the things I'm starting to do is I, I fell into a rhythm of the using the same weapons and the same tactics uh, for all my missions, so it's it doesn't feel as fresh, I guess. Yeah, part of that's my fault for not wanting to try new things, but I also want to beat it because I've got a ton of other games to play. You know, right. I, I still want to finish Pillars of Eternity. I want to finish uh, Valkyria Chronicles. I want to finish Final Fantasy Type Zero. Uh, and November starts Fallout and uh, Battlefront, so you know I want to I want to get this stuff done so I can move on to the next thing. Yeah, and with so. MGS Five, the it's like the the charm of the game is like discovering the different things that you can do, the cool things you can yep. do, and the synergies between weapons and and stuff like that. But uh, I get the same sort of experience out of that, just hearing people tell me it, talk about know, it. Yeah. Like, Oh, you can do this, this, and this. Oh, that's really cool. Do I really need to go see it and do it myself? Right. I mean, not really. Right. You just watch a YouTube video of all yeah. the, all, the, all that neat stuff. Yeah. Like Kota- I think Kotaku posted one where you, if you throw a smoke grenade in a jeep, you can just drive a jeep right into a base, and the other guy, the soldiers will be like, "Hey, that's kind of weird," but they won't like come investigate, you know, and they can't yeah. see you. <laughs> so that's really really neat. But but again, you know, you hear you hear about that in the video, and ah, maybe I'll try it, but mm-hmm. it's really cool. Um, but yeah, you definitely don't need to necessarily experience those things yourself in the game, but yeah, still a great game. Yeah. Still a great game. I will beat it. Uh, even if I have to look up a walkthrough for that mission, it's just aggravating. Like I said, that's what I hated about stealth games. Um, and I didn't think I would have to deal with that in metal gear, but I do. So, and that's all I played. So let's get right into feedback, shall we? Do we have feedback? We do. We got a couple of emails. All right. <laughs> Oof. I don't know. I, you might want to double check and see if there's anything on Facebook. Oh, let's see here. I know we didn't get any messages. Not feedback messages. Messages. Anyway. No, I don't think so. 
Okay. Uh, first email is from Idaho Jake, who says, Hey, guys, not sure how much I will be paying attention to the podcast because the Ravens game is on. If they don't win, I will throw up. So far, I'm loving the Taken King. The storytelling is so much better with cutscenes and Nathan Fillion playing the voice for the Hunter Vanguard puts humor into it. I like how now you can have more than one faction and infusing weapons is awesome because I really like the rocket launcher and pulse auto rifle I have. I've noticed that blue Enneagrams are dropping more often, and I noticed after level reputation 20 at the Crytek, I'm getting more legendary items from blue Enneagrams. I still haven't tried the raid because I hear it's taking people up to seven hours or more. Like I said in, in before in earlier feedback, Nolan North makes a, a better ghost just with the emotion he puts into it. I really haven't ran into anything I don't like, but there's something they could add is uh, mini ship games while you are on the load screens. That's a good idea. I'm sure Tito and Ryan will have their two cents to say about it, so let's move on. I tried Mad Max, and it wasn't too bad of a game. The fighting is smooth like Batman, and the driving isn't too shabby either. I didn't care for the gun controls. You hold L1 to shoot with O with O, or something like that. I didn't play too much because the Taken King came out three days after I rented Mad Max, and boom, Taken King has taken all my time. Can't wait to play Super Meat Boy and Broken Age since they are new to the new PS Plus games. Well, I really can't think of anything else except, Eric, if you want to play during the weekend and I'm not on, just message me on the PS4 and I'll get it on my phone. And also go Ravens. So I forgot to mention that. Super Meat Boy uh, and Broken Age are the PS Plus games. Super Meat Boy is one of my favorite platformers that's come out recently. It's really fantastic. So if you haven't had the opportunity to play it, please do. And then this next one is also from Idaho Jake, who said, Hey, I forgot question of the week. I'm not sure if Corey put the wrong episode down for question of the week, but I'll answer it for now. Uh, religion is one thing I never bring up, and I hate when people bring it up. Also, I have two codes for the Rainbow Six beta. If Will wants one, he can have it, and you can give the other one to someone else. And then he lists the PS4 codes. So mm. we'll see if we'll see if Will wants one. I want one. <laughs> No, no PC codes that I'm aware of. I haven't. I'll just get a PS4. There you go. And then take it back in, return it, buy one from Walmart, play the Siege beta over the weekend, and then return it. And the Bloodborne DLC. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you probably wouldn't be able to power through that in a weekend. Well, maybe if you played enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all for feedback, right? Uh, Beardless is asking in the chat, going back to Metal Gear, what mission yeah. you're stuck on. Um, I can't think of the name of it. It's like 36. Uh, I have to uh, Fulton or destroy the Walker gears. And if you get noticed by anyone, it's an insta fail. And I think there's like 20 guys that are all floating around and walking around where they are. And I was able to, to Fulton two of them out. But as I was going around, someone I, I had either forgotten to mark or because uh, I had quiet with me, I, I might actually restart the mission with with D Dog because he does a better job of sniffing out people. Um, he's better for stealth missions. Quiet is better for combat missions. So uh, I can't think of the name of it for the life of me. But yeah, that that's that's the gist of the mission. Um, and I just like part of it is my impatience. Like you know, I, I want to get the mission over with. Um, I just have to like slow down and and do it because I I think I could, but. It's Footprints of Phantoms? Yes, that is what it is. Yep, and I have to, like I said, Fulton out the, the stupid walkers. and uh, There's four of them in the, in the mission, and you can destroy them, but like, destroying them attracts people, so you'd have to kill everybody first. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, maybe I could sneak up and just like rocket them both at the same time. I wonder if that would work or if you have to not be noticed at all. Not even after you destroy the Walker gears. I don't know. Maybe I'll look up a walkthrough and see if that, if, you, if that's possible to do that, but God damn it. So good. And that just, that just had to challenge you, Dan peed in my Cheerios is what it did. Yeah. So, Oh, you know what I tried to play? The new Shovel Knight content. Oh, what'd you think? My save game's gone. Really? Yeah. And I couldn't. I didn't know. I didn't know how you how you could play it. Like, I don't think you can play it just by starting a new game. I think you have to play through. I don't know. What did you have it on? Five minutes? Huh? What'd you have it on? I have Eric's Steam copy. Oh. Huh. Yeah. I mean, did you delete the game before after you you played it? Oh yeah, yeah. I oh, haven't. so maybe it didn't. Maybe that it doesn't back up to the cloud like other games do. It, it might not have. Like when it first came out or something, it didn't yeah. have cloud saving. I don't yeah. know. That might be if they if it even has it now. So it would just have deleted your character. Yeah. I don't know. That's stinky. I didn't realize that was free until I yeah. read an article about it. Yeah, because I have it on the 3ds. So. But I have only played like an hour or two of the show of Shovel Knight. A good deal. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have to talk about. You have anything, Corey? Nope. Just a reminder: we'll Final Fantasy Tactics videos will be going up. They hope to improve them every time we do. <laughs> but uh, yeah. what else do we have coming up next week? We don't know. Uh, I think Eric sent us the the episode lineup in our kick chat, but. Oh, I think we had listed for next week Soma question mark. Oh yeah, which I won't be able to buy unfortunately. I really want to play that though. Yeah, I don't think I'll be able to buy. I don't. I can't buy anything at this point. No, I'm too poor. I will be getting Fallout Four and Battlefront and Xenoblade. Yeah, when's Xenoblade? The fourth of December. Oh my gosh! The only problem is I I might want to get. just cause two yeah because i really like just cause two so i really want to get three but i haven't haven't quite decided obviously the um fallout and battlefront are definites priorities yeah so yeah Uh, i guess that'll do it for episode 219 of the thumbstick athletes podcast i'm your host dan Corey. (laughs) thanks for listening and get out of my basement Yeah!